Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Today's Sunday session is brought to you thanks to the fine folks at More Beer. Visit them right now at morebeer.com. If you really want to be one of the best brewers there is... I stopped uh, dressing all in plastic. You better be brewing five to six times a week. A beer, every beer, is made with love, and it begs to, to be appreciated. I need something to kill the salmonella I'm kind of worried about in the eggs. Do you find that uh, that the hops kind of clash with the uh, chicken embryo you put in there? <laughs> I well, might sleep here tonight. It's a California <laughs> king. There's plenty of room for both of us, Beavis. Yeah. How many of the brewers over there have seen your ass? That's it. Someone's getting cut tonight. All yeah. I have to say is, hey, McDonald, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> no. Live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. That's right. Welcome to the program. Thanks for hanging out with us here today. It's going to be a fine show. I'm on a marathon party is That's what's right. been going on. So I'm drinking to survive at this point. And I'm not hungover. This is one of those normal shows where I'm like really hungover and yeah. I'm drinking to get rid of that. Yeah. I'm just, it's been a marathon party. And uh, El Segundo Brewing Company is here to help me keep the marathon party going. And that's what's happening on today's program. Drinking to survive sounds like a, a Michael McDonald song. <laughs> so how long has this marathon been going? Uh, since... 15 years. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, that's the problem. I would like to think I'm fresh off of Burning Man, but I'm not. I'm several days off of Burning Man. <laughs> but there's been, no, uh, there's been no down. Yeah. So I went to Burning Man hadn't, uh, with Doc, of course. Um, and a couple of friends here from the Hop Grenade actually uh, were out there with us, too. And a uh, great time. I hadn't been back in like three years, and it was it was fun to be back. You were smiling a lot. Uh, yeah, I had fun. I, do re- I also remembered why I don't go and how I'm feeling right now as part of that. <laughs> You'll forget about that soon. Yeah. Um, uh, the cool thing about this year is I, uh, there's now our group and I, apparently a bunch of other Burning Man people go to Reno afterward. You don't go home now. Because going oh. home sucks. It's well, yeah. like you're lonely and your brain isn't really functioning well so i heard about this (laughs) reno thing and i where you sit by a pool for a couple days and i thought well now that sounds good that sounds like a recharge yes it's just an extension of the party you're just clean (laughs) just you're yeah yeah you're just not dirty yeah 
And by the way, most people got clean by jumping in the pool, which yeah, yeah, that was that was that kind of milky, didn't it? Yeah, like a yeah, yeah, like a milky brown hue, which is always funny coming from a, a festival where you're supposed to like embrace you know communal living and the earth and whatever, and then you go and fuck someone's pool up. <laughs> it was a communal pool, I guess, <laughs> okay, at yeah, that guess, point. Yeah. Uh, so you go there, and I th- I'm thinking, you know, a couple days, I'll, I'll do nothing but rest and sit by the pool, and that didn't yeah. happen. Oh no, no, no. no. Uh, then but I was you home rest for from rest. Resting. You have to rest from uh, rest, and it's, it's yeah. tough. Yeah. Life's tough. So then I get home, and, and I forgot that I have the California Craft Beer Summit, which uh, the El Segundo guys were just yeah. there. Uh, they're already in the studio with us. Uh, please welcome Rob and Tom to the studio. Thanks for being here, guys. Hey. Hey. hey thanks for having us. So it was the first ever uh, California Craft Beer Summit up in Sacramento. So I was home for about 14 hours and then headed up to Sacramento <laughs> for a two-day event there. Uh, but it was a good event, I felt like, uh, for a first-year event. It was pretty well organized, right? Uh, a lot of good people there. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was great. It was, it's a very ambitious project, so we're looking forward to uh, a lot of growth over the next couple of years for sure. You know what I found interesting and I think will be a draw for people to go next year is that there were tons of industry luminaries there. I mean, and it's pretty much everybody. It was everybody. Pretty much there everybody. were more industry everybody's than there were nobodies like me and, <laughs> and, and my ticket holders and everybody else. So I'm so us nobodies need to come out in force next year because you're going to rub elbows with some really great people. For sure. I think that's going to be one of the big selling points on it. You know, I, 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 we come we came out of it with some ideas and we're looking forward to touching base with the California Craft Brewers Association and being like hey how can we be more involved good you know we're we're really involved with the LA Guild and you know i think the guilds coming together can be we we can make a pretty awesome event up here. Good call. And it's not just about Northern California. It's a California craft beer summit. It just happens to be up here in Sacramento. So yeah. I think getting more guilds involved would be great. For sure, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I think the guild, the L.A. guild, is, is re- will get really excited and behind it in years to come. Yeah. yeah. How, how do you make money on an event like that when everyone is Vinny and it's everyone's <laughs> comped? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I had to guess, they probably just about broke even on year one. Uh, but yeah, everyone was Vinny. I mean, um, in fact, we've got some audio to play for you later. Tony McGee was there doing a talk, and, and we did some video of that. Uh, Greg Cook was the keynote speaker, you know, just on the heels of stepping down as CEO of uh, Stone Brewing Company to move up to executive chair or something mm-hmm. he was making fun of the title himself i don't know what it is um yeah but yeah all these just great people there um so maybe you just um establish it as the luminary event to go to and yes. then you hope to make up for it next year yes well it ends with a big beer fest beer festival with a lot of great beer and 150 breweries yeah it was in fact they thought that maybe it was the largest beer fest in terms of number of breweries ever put on in california uh, so that was pretty cool, and they did sell a lot of tickets to the beer fest part, but it still wasn't so crowded that you couldn't get a beer. There were only a couple lines, so our friends at the Rare Barrel had a line, of course. Of course. Um, were they all California yeah. breweries, all 150? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. 100%. Only only yeah. California. It'll, it'll stay the same. I mean, it's going to grow. You're going to see that thing be 200 wow. and plus, I bet, in years to come. Damn. That'd be great. So it was a good time. So look out for it next year. And we've got some video coming to you. We recorded a couple of the presentations. And like I said, we've got some audio of Tony McGee tonight talking about the Heineken buyout of Lagunitas, which is in, on everybody's minds, of oh, course. Oh, what? Yeah. Ooh, I better go edit my news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And what a week in news. No kidding. Really. It's a, it's a crazy time in beer.
So that was a great time. And then the beer fest there, of course, Saturday. And then I was home again, think, thinking like I had, oh, this would be great. Now I can just take Sunday off. Yeah. And then this uh, asshole we know called JP had a bachelor party yesterday. That's right. So I had to go to that. And uh, I tried hard not to go to it, actually. I'm sure you did. <laughs> I, was I like, tried hard yeah. not to go to it. Yeah. <laughs> I tried really hard. Yeah. My conscience wouldn't let me. Yeah, well, so, I appreciate uh, that. It wasn't too, we didn't stay out too too late. We drank a bunch of beer. and No, I mean, it's, it's me. If it was Doc, it would be a different thing. Right. You need to, like, pregame for a month. Before, but uh, I wouldn't no. even be here on today's show. <laughs> right. <laughs> Doc's bachelor party. Right. Uh, no, I'm pretty. There, there won't be one. Yeah. I'm pretty grandpa about everything, so it was <laughs> yeah. fine. It was good. I had a good time. We went to a knitting class, and um, it was good. Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, my favorite uh, portion of it was managing prescriptions, <laughs> <laughs> yes. and how to do that. Yeah, and, and I learned a lot. We all got a free pill box. <laughs> Bingo got pretty crazy at the end, though. Yeah. It was, it was we, the favor, the party favor at the end. We said we wouldn't said, talk about Bingo. So. Yes, sorry. party. It was. Yeah, it said like JP 2015. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> on the pillbox. Which actually might be his death year. Yeah. Right. Doc, if I give you that pillbox, can you put good things in it for me? <laughs> mm, yeah. Off the record? To keep me alive for the next week is what I need. Oh, yeah, we can do that. <laughs> All right, so we got a great show planned for you today. Uh, I will come out of this, like I said, drinking to survive. It's my motto. By the way, I would like to announce to all of the Hop Grenade and the Hop Grenade staff who works for him that Kevin, your general manager, cannot handle his liquor. Uh, <laughs> He's such a rookie. Yeah. The kid has like four beers and then has the worst hangover in the world. He's in mm. bed for days. Really? He, he's fine the night of. I don't mean he can't handle it the night of. He does, yeah. He's great. He's a good time. Yeah. But you look at him and you don't see him doing anything out of the ordinary. Like we're not finishing off a bottle of tequila. There's nothing like that going on. Yeah. We're just out drinking some beer. Right. And the next day, he's a mess. Yeah, he's a shade oh. of green. He did it at Firestone, you'll remember. He, at well, least that was some really heavy uh, drinking. Yes. Uh, but up at the beer summit, you know, we went out for like a normal night of drinking. Mm. Put him down for two days. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. He, he blamed it on a lack of water. So, Which is still a rookie be. move. This, rookie. Is a, this is a text conversation that Kevin and I had had. Nice. Uh, me at 12.21 p.m. Yeah. You okay, buddy? Because nobody had heard from him. <laughs> yeah. His response was, I feel awful. My response was a frowny face. And then he said, I think I might be dying. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. He had like <laughs> get four beers. He had badges that I needed and stuff. I got Tasty texting me that he's on his way. And, and I'm thinking, shit, I don't know that Kevin's ever going to show up. I'm going to have to send somebody to him. And wow, the roles that were reversed a little bit. <laughs> yeah. There was an event where you had to go looking for someone. I had to get all the information. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. So uh, watch out for that, Kevin. Yeah, don't expect to see him the next day if you if you party with him well, on I think, good old four loco hands. Yeah, I think, I think that's what it is. It wasn't four loco, right? And he needs he just needs like he needs caffeine alcohol. He, yeah, he runs on like eighty nine, not ninety one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All too, right. Too rich. So, like I said, we'll have some uh, California Craft Beer Summit video coming to you soon. I think we're going to put the whole presentation from Tony McGee up tomorrow. And then we've got a couple other things that we'll get to. We've got Greg Cook's keynote speech that we'll get to you and a couple other things, too. 
the Brewing Network will be at the Great American Beer Festival all next week. You can watch our presentations over on thebrewingnetwork.com slash TV. We'll be doing our normal broadcasts all week long from the Brewer Studio Pavilion. We've got great panels uh, all week. You can go over and check it out on their website. Uh, and then, of course, we'll be airing the awards ceremony on Saturday morning like we always do. So uh, you brewers that are staying home or just want to show the family the awards, you can root uh, for your favorites. Just go to thebrewingnetwork.com slash TV, and we'll get a schedule up on the uh, Brewing Network website so you can see what's happening when. You guys going to GABF uh, this year, El Segundo? We'll have some people out there. We're, we don't have a booth this year, but we'll have some uh, representation on the floor. And did you enter the competition? We did. I think we put what, five beers in. Okay. Yeah. Nice. All right. Looking forward to uh, seeing you guys out there. All right. You can get Moscow's new uh, designs, Hop Life gear, over at what? Hoplifestore.com. How's it, how's it going? Are people buying the shirts? Uh, yeah, a couple of prints sold, a couple of shirts. Uh, some, some Aussie listeners bought stuff. My brother kind of called me in a panic, like, God, how, how much does it shipping? cost to ship to Australia? Did we just, like, uh, lose our shirt uh, on sending <laughs> stuff? And I was like, nah, don't worry about it. You probably lost your profits, but uh, oh, well. that's all right. Get it out there. All right, check it out at hoplifestore.com. Okay. Uh, you can support us by doing your Amazon shopping. Just hit the Amazon link on our homepage. It's right over there on the right side of the homepage. It's orange. It says Amazon. And then you do your shopping like normal, and we get a little piece of the action. We have a product of the week. Yeah, it's the uh, Nino Percussion African-style rope-tuned Earth Series. Uh, it's a bongo drum, basically. Okay. Uh, somebody <laughs> bought it for uh, nineteen ninety nine, wow. and we got a dollar and fifty cents. All right. Justin, we're... <laughs> Two weeks too late on that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, God, carved from uh, one solid piece of mahogany, hand-selected goat heads, and uh, high-quality nylon ropes. Is this wow. drum heads are made of so, goat? Justin, yes. why don't you tell me your opinion on drum circles? There are not many things on this earth that, that you love that more, annoy me more than fucking drum circles. You hang out with a lot of people who hang out with a lot of people who play them. Hey, I know, and yeah. they're and and they're stupid. Bevo, please. Uh, the, the drum, they're just the most annoying. I mean, who gives mm-hmm. a shit? Right. Right? Like, uh, everybody can beat on something, the table, whatever. Yeah. They never sound good. No. And the people, if you go watch the drum circle, they're so into it. And you're like, <laughs> really? You, don't you have something else to do with your time? Nope. I, go no. get no. a job. They Every don't. time I see a drum circle, that's what goes through my head is get, get a, job. a fucking job. Mm. Because you, none of those people work. They don't work. No. Well, you get donations for patchouli. And it's that. also, uh, half of them are white kids with dreadlocks, yes. which is also a stupid thing to do. Yes. Yep. I, I, I just, think the guy with the didgeridoo has a job. Okay, he's the one guy with a. <laughs> so they do it here in the park, right here. Oftentimes, I come into work in the park. It, nothing. It ruins my day instantly. There was one today, and it consisted of an older gentleman, an African American man, yeah, an wow. old lady. Wow, <laughs> really? A really old lady. Yeah. Well, no, why don't you t- explain where the old lady's from? I don't know where she's from. Exactly. She wasn't black. Exactly. Peru- um, Peruvian American. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, Evo. And a white kid with dreadlocks. <laughs> of course there was. Yeah. Were there skateboards laying around? Yeah. And it started with the old ladies. And it starts with four of them, and it, something about the, like, the sound and the smell of the patchouli like attracts the rest yeah. like moths. They come from other cities, even. What are you, Cartman? <laughs> Why, does Cartman hate? Oh, he hates hippies. Yeah. Uh, Hippies are okay. Just don't give them drums. Or anything. <laughs> or we need to give, you, give you them need jobs. A, you need a drum. 
Oh no! Oh, well, yeah. I mean, Burning no. Man is a, a, dr- a big one, big drum circle. No, 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 drum, not, not really. It's a circle. circle. Yeah. I did not sense. hear one drum circle. It doesn't mean that they weren't there. Because it's all techno bullshit. <laughs> techno drum. Burning Man. So it's synth bongos. That's what it is. Well, enjoy your drum circle, yes. and thanks for buying it through our link. You unemployable hippie bastard! <laughs> how much? Yeah. How much was that thing? It was twenty bucks. We got a dollar and fifty cents. The whole nice. thing's twenty bucks. Twenty dollars. It's pretty good for a hand, goat hand selected goat and some mahogany. Lawyers. Yep. I need that. I have a feeling hand selected. I'm going to bring it over gonna, to your house. I'm going to pull the next one off the pile and put it on. <laughs> All right. Uh, subscribe and join the BN Army just by hitting the donate button on our homepage. That's a great way to support us, too. And you get entered into the More Beer Monthly Donation Giveaway. More Beer is the sponsor of this show and every session that we bring you. And uh, they give away $100 every month to one of our lucky and loyal BN Army members. I do want to remind you to keep your PayPal address up to date there because, uh, for example, this uh, month, David Necht. Uh, K-N-E-C-H-T, Necht, maybe. Uh, You won the More Beer uh, donation giveaway, but your email is bouncing back, so we can't let you know. So please send us an email to uh, bnarmy at thebrewingnetwork.com, and we'll get you your $100. But for the rest of you, uh, that's how we send out our our newsletter uh, that you've signed up for, and all communication happens through that PayPal address. So make sure you keep it up to date. Um, you can sign up to our newsletter with another address if you like, but uh, if you win the More Beer Donation Giveaway, we need to know your, your PayPal stuff. So please go check it now. And David Necht, uh, give us an email, bnarmy at thebrewingnetwork.com, and um, we'll get you your 100 bucks from More Beer. What if David Necht never gets in touch with you? Does the 100 bucks roll over to next month's and they get 200 bucks? No, I think we'll draw. An, I think we draw another name oh. is what we do. Boring. Yeah. yeah. We don't I like just got a Yahoo address for that, so you'll get some of your response. Okay, yeah. thank you. Yeah, uh, we. You will have to write in and verify your old address, David. Wow. Uh, <laughs> so we make sure the right David is getting your your hundred bucks. So, all right, get all these updates and more over on Twitter and the other thing, Facebook. Send uh, your show ideas to Scott the Jew. That's Scott at thebrewingnetwork dot com, and send feedback to feedback. At thebrewingnetwork.com. Do we have a Twitter game this week, JP? Yes, we do. All right, Twitter game is brought to you by the folks at the Labruski Cruise, which is an all-beer cruise happening uh, the first week of March. We're going to be there. We just saw some of the lovely ladies promoting the Labruski Cruise at the Craft Beer Summit. That, they were nice people. I hope they go on the boat. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great personalities. Really, uh, really nice people. Yeah. Um, so we'll be on the cruise, and we hope you can, too. Go to labruskicruise.com. Real easy. Uh, every Twitter winner is entered for a chance to win a cabin between now and I think October or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be do- or December. I don't know what the hell we're yeah. doing. The cabin uh, is in Yosemite, and it's for. <laughs> it's not with us. Now, just keep playing the Twitter game. If you win, you're entered uh, for a chance to win the cabin. So, all right, what's our Twitter game? Well, uh, since there's a lot of lovely people uh, that listen to the shows, and uh, uh, you know everyone ha- likes to chime in with what we do with our lives and how we do shit wrong, or what yeah. we could be doing right, and whatever. Um, and since I am getting married this weekend, I oh, feel that's like right. it's only appropriate to ask the very, very smart people who listen to this program uh, what I could do to improve my life in marriages. In, in marriaging, in marriages, in, 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 plural, in, in, in being marriaged, in being married, right? <laughs> so I want I want our listeners to give us, uh, you know, to give me some. You want some marital advice. advice? I want marital advice, and also, you know, if you want to, you know, donate, it's jasontaren.com. But you know, it's just I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, otherwise, yeah, that's the Twitter game. So let me know, Brewing Network. 
I forgot you're getting married this weekend. Me too. Yeah. yeah. Too bad I got plans already. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, Waterworld is the last weekend. So <laughs> is there it's, closing? It's two for ones. Are you you're having a drum circle? <laughs> Fuck yeah. Oh, God. I'm out. No, you're, you're emceeing it. <laughs> it's going to be a drum battle off. It's like a, a square dance battle off. <laughs> did you get a lot of good beer for the wedding? I always assumed I that your wedding would have, well, that wouldn't happen. Yeah, but that was well, my first assumption. My second assumption was that it would have great beer. Uh, yes, I have Coors. You banquet? Bunch of hams. Yeah. Good. No, uh, so I did a, a beer with a rare barrel. Um, so it's a, uh, a dry hopped apricot beer. Wow. Golden sour. It's going to be amazing, I'm uh, sure. Okay. So we'll have that. Uh, I just picked up some Faction Pills, uh, some Faction Two Hop. Nice. Uh, pale Ale. I got some uh, shitty flat tail beers. Not shitty, but uh, like they're 6 a.m. stout. <laughs> I know he's listening, so yeah. fuck that guy. Um, and then uh, I'm getting some Eagle Rock beers delivered. Wow. Um, and uh, I have a case of uh, double IPA, I think, from Beachwood. Nice. And, uh, you know, a bunch of fun stuff like that. All right. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good time. And we got some home brews, which, you know, whatever, but uh, it'll be a good time. What time of day does the ceremony start? Like four, I think. Oh, we could be real drunk by then. That's you know? kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm thinking. <laughs> Is Kevin going? Because he'll probably be up by then. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin will bring us the beer. Uh, that's, a, that's another event that we haven't been on the air since, the, the Flat Tail Anniversary Party here at the Grenade. That was another shit show in a long line of shit shows oh, yeah. the last couple of weeks. It was a little bit of a shit show. I think most of the shit show happened at your house yeah. after the party. Yeah, without me. You were out of town, yeah. and I, I think half the staff here went and threw a party at Yeah, they place. went and had a pool party. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. It's all right. Nice. I like how we do that when Moscow leaves. Yeah, <laughs> Bevo, Bevo texted me the next day. She's like, "You'll you don't even worry about it. You won't even know we're here." And uh, Alexa and I come home the next night. All our doors are unlocked, and her oh. bathing suit's hanging off our shower fixture. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah, we, yeah, I had no idea. Sam didn't bring his. So, <laughs> right. I don't even really remember showering. Oh God! Probably wasn't you then. <laughs> it was. Oh okay. JP, are you nervous about the about the wedding? No, I'm not, not a, nervous about it. Not at I'm all. I'm nervous about running out of beer. To be honest with you, really? Yeah. Okay. Because I know how many heavy beer drinkers are coming in. So we're trying to plan for how much wine and booze and beer to bring. And uh, I'm like, you don't understand, Taryn. Most people will be drinking beer and a lot of it. Well, I don't know. This website, on Pinterest, I found... Stop looking at fucking Pinterest. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me. It's been, it's been 11 months of Pinterest. <laughs> yeah. All right, give me one week without it. Let's go beer heavy on this one. And uh, so I'm, I'm, a little, I'm a little nervous about it because you don't want to overbuy yeah. beer because then you're stuck with a bunch of kegs and then we'll be gone for like two and a half weeks. I don't have storage for it. It's a whole thing. So, Doc, did you get kegs delivered to your house today? Was one of them a full half barrel of Pale 31? I got a half barrel of Pearl 31 I'm bringing to the... Nice. Uh, I was going to volunteer it, but I thought yeah. I'd let you mention it first. Yeah. All right, let's do it. You I'm bringing like six bottles of wine. Jesus. Fuck yeah. Cheap wine? Chuck, no, can't. it's not two buck. You couldn't even spring for the case of two buck. BV Coastal, right? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. That's the drinker. No. No, that's... Dude. Yeah. So, uh, t- uh, Dave and Trish, Terrence's parents, uh, they have this friend who has a giant fucking wine cellar, like one of these people who just has... Um, these like uh, memberships to all these different wineries and whatever around the area. Okay, and she's giving us eight cases of wine. Wow, and it's like myriad as well, petite Syrahs, like okay. all these like really nice twenty to thirty five dollar bottles of wine that are just going to wow. get fucking 
just I mean, yeah, eight cases will get us through Friday night. People, I think yeah. <laughs> yeah. people with slammed palates are going to be like, drinking a thirty dollar bottle of wine. And I have no I'm idea. just going to be carrying a bottle around, <laughs> yeah. holding it up. We got uh, we got really lucky. It's 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 going to be an amazing time, and uh, you know, all right, yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm excited. All right, let's do a little bit of feedback. Uh, feedback's brought to you today by our good friends over at Beer Law Center. You can go to BeerLawCenter.com and check it out. They protect my trademark, do a good job of it, and they can protect yours too, or help you in uh, starting up a brewery. They do uh, TTB and all sorts of things like that. It's our good friend John over at BeerLawCenter.com. All right, what do we have here? No subject. I wrote about the session and put a link to your show on my BrewsNews.com website. And that's Bruise News with Z's, all right? You have to. But I'm an idiot, and I forgot to tell you about it. I put up a new post yesterday, so now you have to scroll down, and it's next to the part about Ale Industries to see it. Obviously, it's not a serious beer news website, but I uh, only wrote, when I only wrote about beer, nobody read it. So I started throwing in old stories and references to Bay Area bands, and now I get hundreds of views instead of a dozen. I've been a private in your army for the past six or seven years, so thanks and love the show from Aaron. All right, well, thanks for the mention. I did go take a look at it. Did you look at it, JP? I did look at it, and it's full of... I, I feel like this kid is as old as I am, and we probably went to the same fucking high school, because he's like referencing bands like Your Mother, who were like huge in the you know, Pleasanton High School scene, and uh, I don't know, all this... I was like, wow, this is, this is my life. It's very it's meta. very weird right now. Okay. But yeah, it was cool, and I, I put a link in there. I don't know if uh, you were refreshing or not, but to the actual thing where he mentions us about the Ale Industry Show, and yeah. it was real cool. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, thanks for the write-up. I appreciate it. Man, I still got weird things coming out of my nose <laughs> well, from the playa. When they go in, they got to go out. You know what I mean? I know, but it's been a long time. I, I would think I'd be done by now, but nah. <laughs> God damn it. Your sinuses are huge. It's, I, I've noticed that about you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's see. Uh, Christopher writes in a formal apology, he says. <laughs> Hello, Brewing Network. My name is Chris. However, you wouldn't know that because when I called in for Drunk of the Week a couple weeks ago, I identified myself as Cork Zoo. Justin. <laughs> That's close. <laughs> yeah. Justin grumbled a little bit uh, that people don't use their real names. And at first I brushed it off, but upon further reflection, I think he's right. Uh, when we are leaving drunken, me- drunken messages on an answering machine or when we're interacting in an online forum about homebrewing, we should be using our real names. <laughs> <laughs> so for that reason, I would like to submit a formal apology for not using my real name. I hope that Moscow, Bevo, Tasty, Doc, Beardy, Push, Eject, and everyone else at BN uh, can find it in their heart to forgive me. Sincerely, Christopher Thomas Quirk Nelson. Hey, uh, this is Quirk yeah, he says, P.S., yes, Quirk is part of my legal name. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, what is he, Terrence's kid? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Terrence should name all of our kids. I think he should. No. Excitement. Think- Excitement Petros. It's going to be your baby's name. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, all right, question mark is the subject line here. This is a weird one. Um, yes, Clayton. And- it starts written like a like a transcript. So, uh, idiot number one, have you heard of the Brewing Network? Idiot number two, no, is that one of those new indie podcasts? <laughs> that was the whole email. But then he sent a second follow-up email. Yes. Um, why am I so dumb? <laughs> Example, at Trader Joe's, I saw a new design on the Mission Street beer line, so I bought an IPA. I know that if it was the old package design, I would have bought the Mission Street. I knew it at the time and still bought it. I don't know. I love the beer, but what the heck? What the 
fuck is he talking about? <laughs> I, don't know, yeah. I don't. I think he doesn't like that. I think he knows that he hates the beer, but it has a new. It has new branding. Mm-hmm. So he was a victim of, of of consumerism. I see. And he chose to buy the beer, even though he knows he does not like it. So I noticed that they changed the Mission Street packaging, too, and it made me wonder if uh, Firestone isn't making it anymore. They're not. They're not. Oh, really? So I'm glad you answered it because my next thing was going to be, because maybe I'm an idiot, uh, bought it anyway. Tasted it. And it was worse. And it was worse. It wasn't good anymore. <laughs> that, uh, was, that was one of the best buys in the market. Yes. I mean, when it was, you know, Trader Joe's, they buy, they buy in bulk. So sometimes it would get old and you'd yeah. find it oxidized and not that great. But sometimes you'd buy, and it was like, what, what is it, like four ninety nine or exactly. three ninety nine a six pack? Like, yeah. For, by the way, a gold medal winning exactly. pale ale. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the one. And they put that one in and win, win at GABF all the time. I'm pretty sure that. The way it went was the first year, um, and I forget which order it was, but let's just say Mission Street won gold and Pale 31 won silver. Mm-hmm. And the following year, they just reversed the two positions. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what yeah. happened. Well, so this is going to really impact their metal count every year. <laughs> yeah. So do you know why they're not making it anymore? Is it just- I think it's just a capacity thing, and they're, okay. and they're putting their focuses on other stuff. And sure. Duval what, told them not to. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's the first sign of Duval. Uh-huh. This happened a, lo- a while ago because it happened in L.A. a long while, but we don't even get Mission Street in Trader Joe's anymore in LA. Oh, you don't? Okay. No, no, no. There's a few other stuff. And I'm not sure I'm supposed to know who brews that. And okay. But anyway, it's Golden Road. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. a- <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I really like hey, it. Off the record. Yeah. Uh, off the record. It's Golden Road. We're not even so, lying. Uh, to her, folks. I went grocery shopping yesterday, and I was kind of excited because Mission was at Safeway, and I was like, that's really weird. Oh, it's wow. a Safeway, too. And really? I bought it. No, no, no. No, no. You no. saw that. That's Mission yes. Brewery. Oh, yeah. That's oh, okay. different. Yeah, that's... Yeah. yeah. No, it wasn't a can. It was a bottle. Hmm. Oh, they bottle. Yeah, oh. they do. That that's right. a different thing. Oh, yeah. well, shipwreck can is also one of the greatest uh, deals in the market. It's like nine ninety nine, and <laughs> I, I had a buyer be like, "It's essentially a six pack in one can if, wow. you, if you count the alcohol, the high alcohol levels." And that's how he Jesus. sells it to people going out the door. I was like, "That's just irresponsible." It right. is. I'll, <laughs> I'll take two. <laughs> Don't give any to Kevin. No. Um, all right, so I don't know why. That was from Clayton, sent from Bevo's mom's Windows phone, he yeah. says. All right, this one's titled, Lunch Meat? Really? <laughs> hey, asshats and Bevo, I just heard you're thinking about bringing back lunch meat. Really? <laughs> hey, don't get me wrong. You guys are pretty funny, usually, except JP. Yeah. But come on, Justin's got a corporate image to maintain now. <laughs> <laughs> and lunch meat could become the proverbial Jared to his subway. <laughs> Wow. He's, he does make an interesting point. He does. Uh, instead, he says, how about bringing Sean Paxton back for some more homebrew chef action? Or bring Nicole back for some it's my birthday action? It's my birthday! Oh, it won't, take, it won't take that much sponsorship to meet all my unreasonable demands, will it? Um, can you guys just have a BN bake sale? I'm looking at you, Tasty. Uh, love what you do. Keep it up from Ryan. P.S. The new website looks good, and you should feel good. P.P.S. I actually like lunch meat, and P.P.P.S. J.P.'s all right. You can suck a dick. Yeah. Probably could. Uh, so, yeah, we are still working to bring lunch meat back. We are uh, a little over 10% of the way to our goal. We have about six days left. Uh, if you want to go support it, go check out our Indiegogo campaign. Only you can revive the meat. Yeah, or prevent it. I or suppose. prevent it. from um, go. It'll go away forever. 
It will go away forever, and that's a sad thing. We are 12% funded with 16 days left. Oh, 16 days. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Jeez. That's, that's good. Yeah, it is. It's 42 people have chimed in. <laughs> but All we haven't posted the most recent lunch meet yet. Do you think that affects it? Yes. Okay. Because nobody knows about the campaign other than... Because we haven't done a show to talk about it except yeah. lunch meat, and so it's only like. So you're saying that there are Facebook. lunch meat subscribers that don't listen to anything else or watch anything else the BM yes. does, and are only going to hear about it yes. through the podcast. Yeah, and they're the ones who are going to push us over the top. <laughs> yes, I do because the way Facebook works, like you put, make a post, and maybe 20 percent of people actually see it, if if that. Yeah, and so it's you know, just because we have like a billion followers doesn't mean that they all see it. Okay, and I think it's only been posted once, so it's you know. The podcast That's, is the best way to do it. All right. And you said you would, wouldn't hold that episode ransom, but you haven't released it yet. <laughs> so how can we trust even if you got the money that you would even do podcast, liar? Oh, he I called you out. You know, I don't Warren, think I said I wouldn't hold that episode ransom. I don't think I ever agreed to release a single episode without getting paid. I agreed uh, internally with JP yes. that I might release it so that Which it will help, but I, pro- I didn't promise listeners anything. I, I said, yeah. pony up your money, right. and you'll get your show. Except on the show, we said it, but Warren can't even talk. He hasn't even donated, so fuck him. That sounds like ransom, no. though. No. I love that movie. <laughs> Mel Gibson's great. No. All right, here's another one. Dear Pontificating Sweaty Nutsacks and Bevo, during the Hi. show... The- <laughs> Hi. <laughs> During the show, the question came up about distilling sour beer. And if I remember correctly, there was a question about pH carrying over to the finished product. I've talked with several people who make fuel or purify water at home. <laughs> Quote, unquote. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, they do it as well uh, as one of the best craft distillers in the country, I've asked him, uh, Leopold Brothers. Uh, from everything I've gleaned from uh, the sole purpose of the sour mash is to allow bacteria in the form of lacto. I think he means Pedio, not Pedro. Um, although, although Pedro might be a new bacteria from south of the border. I don't know. You don't know. Go for uh, Pedro. And acetobacter to produce complex esters and flavors that will carry through into the final distillate. Um, the pH does not carry over into the finished product. Hence, why Jack Daniels does not taste sour compared to Jameson. They both taste like burning, as it is. Um so what is he going is there a question here or are we just is he just wanted to know things i guess that's it on that subject he moves on yes. to say this past weekend i was enjoying one of your fine archive shows when i stumbled upon the first appearance of scott the jew on the brewing network during the lagunita show from 09 what the fuck happened to him he came on strong with a decent radio voice and a laid-back personality, but over the years it has regressed into a high-pitched, prepubescent, nervous pretentiousness that at times is uncomfortable to listen to. Wow. Uh, <laughs> is my voice high-pitched, really? That's a weird one. Yeah. Just when you get excited, I think. I was like, Han Solo, who's scruffy looking? <laughs> anyway. It, it is? Do you think it's high-pitched? No, it was, no, because... In the Star Wars movie, have you seen Star Wars? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, he gets insulted with a bunch of things, and he picks out the least, like, the least insulting of the entire thing to rebut. Who are you calling? Oh, I see. Thank you. I see. Don't give me any bullshit about the audio quality changing, because Justin and JP sound exactly the same. I know! Although you'd think JP's <laughs> jokes would have improved. Stop it! Mom, uh, that's fucking rude. He says, that's all. My brain is shutting down. Triple Rock Jeff. I was never laid back, that's for sure. So that <laughs> that's hasn't true. changed. That's a good yeah. point. Could be uh, a mistaken identity. Pretentiousness? That's a weird one, too. All right. <laughs> it's all weird. Piss off, Jeff. 
All right, and now <laughs> Groby writes in about his. Uh, this one's titled "Brewing Girlfriend." Groby. Groby. <laughs> hey, brewcasters! I've had the good fortune to find a lady that's not only willing to tolerate my brewing, but is adamant that I teach her. She brewed her first extract saison last week and loves the process. Now she wants to know when she can brew a sour beer. Um, however, the highlight of our brewing relationship may have come tonight while listening to the latest session download. Tonight was the first time that she heard the Adam and Eve advertisement. Ooh. I nearly wrecked my car as she screamed, What? Ten free DVDs and a free toy for me? Why the fuck didn't you tell me about this sooner? <laughs> he says, I think I'm in love. To keep her. Thanks for all the entertainment. Yeah. Keep up the good work. Tasty kicks ass. Just don't tell. Just don't let him near my lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, P.S. Get Brandon Jones and the Yazoo guys on the session. Great guys and great beer. I don't know the guys from Yazoo, but I have yeah. had their beer, and I agree, it's great beer. Yeah. I had it when I was in Nashville. God, it was a couple years ago now. Nashville. Uh, great um, regular clean beers and good sour beers. They had a nice yeah. uh, sour program. I think Brandon runs their sour program. Ah, okay. He used to work as a, a news guy, as a matter of fact, which is very weird. And, and until recently, he's going full-time at the brewery to do their sour program. Got it. Yeah. I would like to have the Yazoo guys on the show. Um, all right. Thanks, Groby. And then finally, our spam of the week. Hello, the thebrewingnetwork.com owner. How is it possible that my website is having so many errors? Why are they talking about their website? <laughs> I think it's supposed to be in quotes, maybe. Mm. Yes, most of the people share their anger and frustration once they get my email. Now I will show you the number of broken links, pages that return 4XX status codes upon request, images with no alt text, pages with no meta description, not having a unique meta description, having to... Who gives a... Even Spam is complaining about the website. I know. This one's pretty good, actually. (laughs) I might need to contact these people. I do have a lot of these errors. Uh, I have a large professional team who can fix all the above issues immediately and at an affordable price. Uh, anyway, best regards from Kathy. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. Like, here's some bitch called Even Kathy. Spam is complaining about my website. <laughs> I'm sick of it. Yeah. Can we get, can we get Kathy on the phone? <laughs> call, her, call her right now. We need to fix some things. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, when we come back, it's time to start talking to the boys from El Segundo Brewing Company. We have some of your beer on tap, I think, right? A couple two, things, at least. Two on tap, and, uh, and I brought an extra bottle just for fun. Oh, you did? Uh-huh. What do we have on tap? Mayberry IPA. I see that on tap. And then Hammerland Double IPA. That's going to help me in my drinking to survive quest, you know. <laughs> it's, you know, it gets you there quick. <laughs> was that your best of show, Double IPA? That was that's the yeah, one? That's Ooh. the one that I wanted the bistro. Nice. Nice. All right. I remember that. Uh, my staff here was, like, really stoked for you guys because we've always had bottles of your beer here. Yeah. And, and they really like it. And when you guys won, I, I heard them all buzzing about it out they there. Came, when those guys, that we, me, me and Rob weren't there, and uh, when those guys came back, they were like, you have to be on the Brewing Network. Ah. So they, I think <laughs> Always a, a glaring endorsement. I wonder, I wonder how many times that specific scene has played out in the guests that we have. Right. Like a drunken, you know what you got to do is fucking the, 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 net, the beer network people. It's, it's a podcast. It's a, it's a thing, but it's fine. It's fine. It's they talk fine. about They talk about guys like you. Just like <laughs> you. I mean, not you, but like, you know, prettier. So Aaron is one of our guys here, went to the... Uh, went up to the summit with us too he was there at the fest saturday and that was him walking around saturday night he was so hammered and every time i'm talking to somebody i was talking to brian hunt or somebody you know from moonlight aaron would come up hey hey <laughs> you 
You're the guy. You're the best guy. Does you're he, the beer. You're the brewer guy. Does he put the finger in yes. your chest? <laughs> He's poking. You can brew the beer. You're, you're the guy. <laughs> and go to the next one. I'm talking to somebody else. Hey. <laughs> Great. I love what you do. I love it. <laughs> we went to dinner after the fest, and yeah. he was sitting next to Kevin asleep, slunched <laughs> over at the restaurant. Dude, I got to take this whole staff on like a training mission. I mean, I got to fix these guys up. You got to know how to get through a fest and wake up the next day to go to another fest. Right. You just bring him to GABF and make him go the whole time. That's when, it, when, right? When yeah. it's a Sunday in Denver. If you, can, if you can survive that, you can survive almost anything. Make him work the right. Booth. I don't know that they could survive it at this point. No. Their livers are still young and nubile. You just you just go into the room with like an air favor. horn. <laughs> Soft and squishy. <laughs> they don't have enough calluses on them yet. Livers. All right. Well, at the break, I'm going to go out and I think I'm going to go. I'm not going to go for the Hammerland first. I'm going to start with the Mayberry. And what's the beer that you brought to share with us here? Uh, I've got a bottle of Hop Tanker, which is another one of our double IPAs, a nine, nine percenter with uh, Nelson Sauvin and Citra. This is my show, baby. <laughs> yeah, get ready. Yeah. I'm not driving home tonight. you got to stop emailing people ahead of time with your requests, because then it's just all <laughs> one-sided know, right? beer selection. I'm sorry we don't make fizzy water. All right, a quick break. We're going to get us some beers. We're going to come back and talk to the El Segundo Brewing Dudes. We'll learn all about how they got started and the beer. Hang in there. It's the session. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, More Beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, the Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can, featuring... Monk's Blood. Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. 
This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Saka JP. Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support. Like Brew Your Own Magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, there are amazing special issues like plans for building a Brutus 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and the Home Brewer's Answer Book. Brew Your Own Magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for any brewer. Whether for yourself or as a gift, when you subscribe or resubscribe from the Brewing Network homepage, you directly support programs like this. Get a great magazine and support the Brewing Network. Subscribe to Brew Your Own right from the brewingnetwork.com. Hey, Wooly, I'm beat. Can we find a nice tree to just hang out in for a while? You're beat? I've been swinging through this forest for 50 years, ever since we... Ever since we first escaped from the circus. I know, I know, but there's got to be more to life than exploring this creek and trying to populate the valley by copulating with loose, hairy girls. Mark, we stop. Look! What is that? It looks like a man-made treehouse. With fresh food. And craft beer. Welcome to the Creek Monkey Tap House, boys. Grab a seat. Creek Monkeys drink free. <laughs> awesome! The Creek Monkey Tap House in Martinez, California, takes their mission of fresh food and beer seriously. They only serve locally raised beef and chicken, as well as local sustainable produce. It's better for you and the planet, and it just tastes better. The beer and wine at Creek Monkey Tap House are chosen with the same care for the highest quality and rotation. Frequently to make each visit an adventure. Swing on into the Creek Monkey Tap House and enjoy a new legend of amazing food, beer, and wine. The Creek Monkey Tap House online at CreekMonkey.com. Brewcasters are back. All right, welcome back to the program, and thanks for hanging out with us. We've got El Segundo Brewing Company in the studio from El Segundo, California, where I left my wallet. Never heard that one. It's always coming. Every (laughs) time. Every fucking time. Every time. One of you grew up there. was like born and raised there, right? That was me. Is that you? Uh, so you might have been hearing that your whole life. <laughs> and it's funny every time. <laughs> every time. Now that you said it, I'm like, I'm going to pull it out. I had it in my closing. My closing uh, ah, uh, the, now you got to remove it. Now i got to remove it. Ah, it'll still, if it's funny every time, it'll be funny again later in the program. Oh. Where is El Segundo? Near L.A.? We are just south of the airport. Right by LAX. Got it. Okay. And it's a city. It's a... Mm-hmm. a, a okay. Right. Between uh, LAX and Manhattan Beach. Okay. In L.A. County right there. All right. And you've been there your whole life, man. Yeah. Born and bred. Wife born and bred. That's, pretty, r- that's pretty rare for Californians, yeah, right? Yeah, kind of a homebody. Okay. Got it. Uh, what'd you do before? Now, uh, this is uh, Rob, of course. Yeah. And Rob's uh, one of the partners and founders of, of, the, of El Segundo. Correct. What'd you do before the brewery? Uh, I sat behind a desk and looked at a bunch of numbers for hours on end for various aerospace companies in the area. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Like an engineer, an accountant? Finance. Or what? Finance. Yeah. Okay. 
And you didn't love that. I did not love that. Okay. I don't think I ever had a day that I went home and said that was awesome. The funniest yeah. thing is, was, the funniest thing is, he, he still does that. It's just for a brewery. Just now. for a it's brewery. It's really now. different. We do it for yourself. Yeah, I, yeah. It went full circle. We started. I bailed that business because I didn't like it very much. I was never happy. And going, I'm making beer and doing deliveries and doing the day to day stuff. And four years later, I'm back to doing schedules and spreadsheets again. It's pretty wild. <laughs> But it's better for but now yourself. You, now you don't mind it. Okay. No. Yeah. So it's uh, Rob and, and Tom are, are both here. And Tom is uh, another one of the partners and founders and the uh, the brewmaster, right? No. No. No, oh, no, no. Rob, Rob's production, I'm sales and distribution. Oh, got it. Okay. I must have, I confused my notes. All right. So you're you're in the brewery, too. You're not right. just doing spreadsheets. No. Well, in the beginning, beginning, it was all me doing beer. Tom was out selling it. I was making beer. I was running the brewery. I was doing deliveries and everything. Okay. And so it's kind of, you know, we've kind of always had these, like, two sides of the house. He's he's like the guy that gets out and moves it, and he's the face man. I'm the guy in my cave making beer in okay. the brewery. Uh, you were a home brewer before, I assume. I was home brewing for, like, nine years before we did it. Okay. So while you were in the aerospace industry, you picked up the beer hobby. That's right. Just kind of fell backwards into a homebrew kit from one of my buddies, and... Went and made beer and, you know, usual thing. You know, I thought it, probably thought it was great. It was probably terrible. And then I uh, you know, got that bug and, you know, fast forward nine years and a whole bunch of things lined up and ended up leaving the company and doing, you know, doing this. Were you able to sort of cash out a retirement or something? Yeah, Did you it was, put it all on the line for was, this thing? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was, it was a whole bunch of things that kind of lined up. I was fortunate enough to get accepted to the Davis program. Okay. Um, I had actually got to know Tom before that. He was the GM at Library Alehouse, which is was, was is one of my favorite places. That's Santa Monica, right? Yes. Yeah, I think I've been there. Right, so we got that connection there, and then uh, my, you know, some people interested in, you know, backing us financially, and uh, okay, and then there was a layoff at Northrop, and I went ahead and volunteered for it rather than letting them lay off, cut my people, and walked out the door with a check. Wow! Yeah, just perfect timing. Right, just a good spot to be. Absolutely. Okay, and so the plan then was to immediately go open a brewery. Right there uh, in El Segundo. That was it. I mean, that was the only place I was going to do it. That was, you know, hometown. I went to school in San Luis Obispo. That's about the only other place I'd ever want to live. But uh, okay. no, El Segundo was it. Okay. And did you have trouble finding a location that met your needs there? <laughs> it's, it's, I, it's all these things that were just like kind of circumstance that worked out for us. Because I was looking around. There's like an industrial area of El Segundo. And I was kind of looking around there for a while. And, uh, you know, I, I hooked up with a friend of a friend who does a bunch of business in El Segundo. And uh, just about, you know, to talk about, you know, how you do business there and stuff. And I was, you know, complaining about I can't find place with 20-foot ceilings and this and that. So we have this building with a warehouse we're not even using. And then it just so happens it's on Main Street. And it so happens that the business that was there before us didn't really fit with the city code either. So we get grandfathered in and all these things lined up. And then we end up on Main Street in El Segundo. So it's perfect. Wow. Nice. Can, can I just ask a question about population before we get into the building itself? It's 17,000 about? So, yeah, it's about seven. I'm yeah. looking it up on the internet. But it's not so, like, I mean, it's like right there, you know, mixed in the beach. It's city. in L.A. Yeah. I oh, mean, that's the thing. You have a huge surrounding population for right, sure. But, right, I'm, right. but I'm, I'm picturing people listening to this that maybe don't. Maybe they're in, like, Nebraska or something. And, but they're in, a, you know, 15,000 in their, in their town, and they grew up there, and they love it. Uh, did anyone ever talk to you? Maybe not because it's Southern California. But if there's a population cutoff, like you wouldn't want to open a brewery in Busted Whistle because only 9,000 people. Or like what's that number? Did, has anyone ever had that conversation? I, I have no idea. I've never had that conversation. You wouldn't have that conversation in Los Angeles. No, in El Segundo, it wouldn't matter. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. you don't know when you're from one town to the next. It's not like you're in the middle of 
I think it's a good question if you are in the middle of nowhere. If you're in yeah. the middle of, yeah, just kind of a random state with a with – a, let's say the population was 17,000 and it wasn't in the middle of a city. You know, there was just cows surrounding that the place. Then I think, yeah, you would ask yourself that yeah, question. What I mean, then you'd think about like Hill Farmstead. I mean literally, <clears throat> right? literally yeah. in the middle of nowhere. But if you can sell your, bottle, your beer like that, it really Distribute it out. Yeah. That's yeah, true. it depends on what you want to do. If you want to support the local community, that's one thing. Yeah. But if you want to be for someone who has their shit nationwide, that, sure. You know, that's yeah. I like that you're mentioning kind of the lucky parts of this. Uh, we're going to put up this video, I think, tomorrow of uh, Tony McGee at the summit. Did you guys listen in on that at all yesterday? Or uh, I didn't like, see it. So he spent most of the time. Uh, he didn't mention Heineken until somebody asked him at the end, right? He spent most <laughs> of the time talking about building the Chicago brewery and the interesting things that happened. Happened, uh, during that process, but my favorite part of what he was saying is that that luck and and just that kind of magic that comes with luck and being in the right place is not just like an esoteric thing. It's material. It's the first time I've ever heard somebody say in your when you're planning your business. Luck is material. It's part of the process. And you should open yourself up to that, and you should plan for it. And I'd never heard anybody put it that way. Right? We all just go, oh, God damn it! I'm so glad that I got lucky. But we all get lucky in some way like that. Yeah, I, th- I think that all those things I talked about before, you know, that was all luck that just kind of all came together at the same time. But then also, like, just the timing of the whole thing, too. Um, when I was able to walk away, you know, from where I was working. Yeah. And, you know, we're only, like, what, four and a half years old, and I think we're the sixth oldest production brewery in L.A. In L.A., right. Fifth. Yeah. And so, you know, now I look at it and – you know, if, if we were to start now with so many breweries around the way we started with, you know, uh, wholesale only, no no tap room, no name brewer, I don't I think it'd be a lot tougher now. But we were able to get, you know, just a foothold in the local market just because, you know, we we're so new, new, shiny toy in town. And, sure. And, you know, I think that was really fortunate for us. But was again, it? It's that, bad, it's that luck. The L.A. laws were difficult, right, at that time to, to open up? For us, it was, the, the big thorn on our side was uh, L.A. County Health. So, okay. You know, ABC wasn't too bad. You know, the city was great supporting us, but it was all it was health department. And they and they really just didn't know how to handle a brewery because there weren't any. So they kept throwing restaurant laws at us, and uh, it just it didn't make sense. Sure. And fortunately for us, I mean, we were in a position where I was about to drop you know like twenty grand, which you know back then was a monumental amount of money. Yeah. On some certifications that were complete BS, and uh, you know it was either that or just not do it and. At that time was when LA County Health threw up their hands and said, okay, we're not doing breweries anymore. So fortunately, no. we were able to wow. avoid that whole thing. Now, wasn't there – I'm trying to remember. I, I grew up uh, – some of my youth in the L.A. area, I think – I thought I remembered some big breweries. Like, it, wasn't there always a Miller plant down oh, in the L.A.? Oh, big ones, yeah. So how do they not know how to deal with a brewery? I don't get it. You know what I mean? Like, I've heard this story before. I'm not calling you a liar. I just don't understand why they didn't know what to do. But there's only two. But they would never go there either. <laughs> and they were built in the 70s, yeah. I guess. So maybe yeah. they never go there anyway. Yeah. Everyone who pushed well, that through is long retired. It's long. Yeah, I guess they, you're they right. should just check with Portland and see how they do it. You know, they do like two a day or whatever. Yeah, it's not like there's no one you can call, yeah, right? I mean, that's it's not a, like that's, you're an island of information. Let's figure this out. Right. But they yeah. just check their little boxes. You know, they come in, they got their sheet, and it's, it's like. It's not on the form, sir. Yeah, and it's yeah. different, too, when you tell, you know, Miller <laughs> to go drop, you know, 20 grand on something than when you tell sure. And they're like, all right. It's not open to go drop 20 grand. There's a couple grand for your pocket. Good point. Good yeah, point. See, all, all my help came from like calling Joel down at Strand or 
you know, Jeremy at Eagle Rock, and that was about it. Those are the only guys I had to bounce questions on. Oh, I love sure. Eagle Rock people. So you guys are on Main Street. That means you have a tap room that uh, is pretty lively? Would yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just opened a new space out in the back, which is awesome, because when we, when we first opened, our tap room was, what, about 200 square Probably feet? Probably smaller than the room we're in right yeah, about now. This, yeah, about this big. And you put about 40 dudes in there drinking beer. It really gets a little steamy. <laughs> yeah. It's like our old studios, man. We know. Disgusting. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we just we just opened up. We probably got about 1,200 square feet, 1,500 yeah, square nice. feet. We got a big-ass fan. We got a big walk-in. <laughs> we're we're going to go. Yeah. What what a, yeah. We got a fan now. We got a window. Things. Well, the big-ass yeah. fan. You know? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. The big-ass fan. Okay. Oh, the, the actual, like, the, yeah. Uh, yeah. I see. Name brand. Like a, it's like a whole bucket list thing <laughs> yeah. for us, you know? Like, I was like, I, the first time I ever saw one of those, I was like, I'm going to buy a big-ass fan. One day. <laughs> one day. <laughs> you guys are rich, man. Yeah. <laughs> Rob's like, not before we get another ferment. Yeah, exactly. So you opened as a production brewery. Mm-hmm. You're still a production brewery. Right. But with, at that time, no tasting room when you opened or we, just a tiny one? It took us, like, what, six months or so to get tasting room? Not open? quite. I think, like, four. Yeah. Cause the, and that was the health thing, you know, because uh, health health wouldn't give us a rating because I forget what we needed. But uh, they, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't give us a rating and... We needed a rating, and now and then and then they were like, uh, we don't care." And so then we just said, "Okay." Then we opened, then opened and, and then we were just pouring beer. And that's right. pretty difficult to not open with a tasting room. I recently heard that a, a production brewery like yourself, especially in the beginning, could make up to like seventy percent of their revenue just selling out of a tasting room. Dude, I had no idea. I thought tasting room was going to be me hanging out with a couple of my buddies drinking beer. That's that a much more important part of the business. Yeah, and most people now they they build them up before they even order the yeah. the. Brew I mean, in hindsight, I had no idea what I yeah, was doing. Yeah. I'm the yeah. first guy yeah. to admit that. So. <laughs> I remember Jamil talking about this from Heretic, and I always thought, like, I thought he had picked a great location for his brewery in terms of being a production brewery, but I thought the same thing about a tasting room out there. I thought, well, who the fuck's going to go to that? And... Boy, was I wrong. I mean, the moment he opened a tasting room, he was busy. He has done nothing but expand his hours now. Yeah. Uh, it's people are totally willing to drive. It's, it's incredible. I watch our sales all the time in Taproom, and we average about two-thirds like new credit card swipes. So that's not the same people from El Segundo coming wow. all the time. There's people coming from somewhere else. So two-thirds all the time in Amazing. So you're saving my information? You're the, working with the NSA? What's going, <laughs> oh, on? What's going <laughs> on here right now? I need to know. Yeah, we, yeah. we manage a business. <laughs> I'm just, well, the beers I've had of yours are all really good, so you're probably getting some uh, new uh, customers, I'm thinking. I think yeah. we're, we're getting people from all over. Nice. All over, yeah. I, I mean, I think we're starting to get a little bit of national attention. We're getting people looking for the beers and trading them out and sending them all over the place, and so that's always good. And, and being right there by LAX, too, I mean, I think we see people coming through. Oh, yeah, to stop on the way. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. bizarre when you start seeing your beer getting reviewed in, like, Pittsburgh or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> was that How the hell did like, it get there? Uh, just like uh, Henry at uh, Monkish yeah. has the sign, no MSG, no IPA. Do you guys have a sign up that says, no, you didn't leave your wallet here? Good idea. <laughs> and go don't make the joke. Yeah, go fuck off. <laughs> no wallet jokes. Yeah, if we were smart. So <laughs> the beer that we've gotten from you mostly has been in bottles as well. Do you have? Did you initially invest in a bottling line or... No, we're uh, we're still with mobile bottling guy. You are yeah. okay. So what a brilliant concept that is. It, it made life easy, and I mean that was just one of those things. You know, big ticket item. That, you know, wasn't affordable early on, but allowed us to get into bottles early. So it's also nice. a little terrifying because you're like, look at this giant, really expensive machine, and I have no idea how to use it at all. <laughs> right. It shows up, and you just got to trust that he knows what the hell he's doing. Well, right? that, right. you know, the the 
there's a big barrier using you know bottling is where you really screw your beer up honestly yeah i mean it's really easy and, and with those mahines it's just kind of the way it is like, sure uh, is that what he has that's yeah. what the yeah that's is? yeah i mean i don't know if uh, he's, he's got he's got mahine. he's got a nice lineup up in seattle right, right. is that a prospero like a uh, big old prospero i don't know if it's a, wow yeah built into the back Crohn's of a truck maybe. crone maybe right yeah he's, yeah he's built in the back of a semi and he just rolls up and then they like run a hose out into the truck and brilliant they right, go. But LA is still such a small market for him that he's not going to invest in a in a million dollar line exactly. yeah you guys i think we're his biggest customer in really in LA. yeah and we can't afford a million dollar line you can't <laughs> <laughs> You're using the same, same bottler as uh, as Noble Ale Works, yeah? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Us, Noble, Beachwood. And, you know, the way I look at it, you know, Julian down at Beachwood, that guy, oh, you know, he's, he's uh, Forget about it. pretty damn meticulous, I guess you could say. So if it's good enough for Julian, I yeah, well, know it's going to take it as, as Be- good Beachwood's IPAs sell out in about 14 minutes, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, it's- <laughs> now, the Noble guys, those are guys right. are fucking dummies. <laughs> yeah, you always bottle after Beachwood, not Noble. Yeah, in right. the schedule. Yeah, whatever they're doing, don't. Right. <laughs> Start trashing Evan now. <laughs> he you, would love it. Oh, he would totally love it. Do you guys know a few weeks ago? Has there ever been a problem with bottles where the bot the mobile bottler had to take responsibility and eat a bunch of cost? I mean, he sounds like he kicks ass, but do you know if that's ever happened? No. Well, probably we, not. With, not so much with us, really. Uh, no, not not so much in terms of eating cost. I mean, we do ask a lot of quality related questions and mm-hmm. and address issues like you know that come up with that kind of stuff the whole thing with the bottling line is, it's been invaluable in learning kind of what we want to do and what we want to be when we grow up and kind of learning what we're getting from this thing and then when we start looking at you know do in the tank and then do after bottling and kind of learning lessons on how that's really working you know yeah. it's kind of helping us formulate how we're going to go forward that's the big thing is do with and we do all hoppy beer i mean we make a pale ale we make Two full-time IPAs. We make three full-time double IPAs. And, you know, we really focus on freshness. And, you know, these beers, they get past like six weeks. Yeah. And they really start fading. And if we could get the DO levels down to, you know, sub... That's the dissolved oxygen for correct. Yeah, listeners? Yeah, yeah, dissolved oxygen. And that, and that really beats up hop character really fast. I mean, yeah. really, shelf really fast. Just just kills shelf life. Yeah. Uh, and especially if you store it warm. I mean, that really just... Mm-hmm. just, just so just you've had down. the Mahin uh, tested, the... What you're getting? Well, the Mahin's only rated to, like, what, 150 parts per billion, which is, oh, I mean, it doesn't sound like a lot, but, I mean, you need it, like, sub-25. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. under 20. Yeah, like, yeah. under 20. And, and it's, like, so sometimes, sometimes you get, like, 70. Like, okay, and then sometimes you get, like, 225, and that's really crappy. And, yeah. you know, so that, that's, you know. If right. the beer, there, there's variability, and we see it in our beer all the time. I mean, there's sometimes when we know that. You know, it's just not holding up well. But then, you know, for example, I was just up at a place up in Lake Arrowhead down in Southern Cal Mm -hmm. um, a few weeks ago. And I found a five-month-old 2.5 left, which is one of our double IPAs. And it drank fine. So I guess that was kind of interesting. But the whole idea is to get that variability out of it. So. So can you so kind you of adjust your your volume in that sense? Like you're only you know that you're moving beer, you know how it moves off the shelf, so you don't put out more than uh, you don't want it sitting on the shelf. Is what I'm saying. So is this one thing you guys can adjust? That that <laughs> well, that's magical. That that is that is what I do essentially all okay. the time, and it, it, it's really hard to manage. You know, we're going to do uh, so the first quarter of this year we did about 2,500 cases, and this quarter we're going to do about. 5,500. So, and and that's what the, you know, really focusing on how how to keep shelves, how to to keep shelves fresh. And full. 
and full right. and at the same time and i can't really even do business with the larger chains because i they don't even want to deal with me because i'm like uh you it's can have enough. you can have like 19 days of stock that's it and they're like what <laughs> yeah <laughs> go back they're to like, your playground well, <laughs> little boy yeah they don't they don't want to deal with it so it, it's been it's been a bit of a struggle but at the same time you know what we what we saw and it was that when we dropped beer and it was like under a week old we would it would just sell like crazy you know and so mm-hmm. people people are hip to it you know they're and we got they're seeing that. we got the bottle dates right there you can see it it's it's part of the label and so people know that you know fresh beer is 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 just totally different and that's why we started this whole day 1 campaign this year and we've done five now where we bottle and 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 deliver the same day, and wow. the the response has just been astronomical. Right. Wow! Well, it's a strong statement to the distributor or the retailer right. that fresh matters. Right, and we're we're able to do that on our own because we still self distribute okay. L A, O C, oh. and San Diego. Yeah, and Craft Beer Guild, uh, who's you know marching up the coast, they're in San Diego, they're in Los Angeles now. They they've been a really great partner. Uh, they they're going to do about thirty stores from. We're doing Power Plant this Friday. And they're going to do 180 cases delivered that day. Wow! Uh, from Santa Barbara to Riverside to Temecula, which is—I mean—that's a pretty damn big area. I love this idea. Yeah. Bottle today, well, you yeah, get it today. I, yeah. think yeah. I bet you don't have a place to store the bottles. Anyway, or do you? No, oh, we do. We, we, have you, we you, got cold storage. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We just want to get out. Just, you know, thought it was more of a. Uh, it was problem solving, creative really. marketing. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's you know that's been true in the past for sure. You know, no, it really came out of it really came out of us talking to to, great- to to our our really good retail partners and them being like, man, I'll tell you what, like uh, I just, I'll buy half of it myself. Well, they'll sell they would sell three cases over a weekend when it when it was super fresh, and, and so we just said to you know one of my one of my sales guys said. Uh, you know what? What if we delivered it the same day? And, and we were like, I mean, it's kind of crazy, but oh, let's try it. And we did this small little promotion with like two accounts where we delivered Hop Tanker the same day. Yeah. And people were waiting. It was like the Tuesday. <laughs> it, it was like Tuesday afternoon, and people were waiting outside the bottle shop at like noon, wondering where when the truck was going to get there. And we're <laughs> wow. getting called, and, and we're like, I, I mean, I don't know. Well, you go, who are these people? This, is, yeah. this beer's been out for a year and a half. It's not. It's not a new beer. It's not like ah, but it's, now it's day one beer, yeah. right? Well, fresh, yeah. fresh is a flavor. They're Those are the people. It. Who, it's definitely a flavor. Absolutely. Yeah. Those double, are the people double. in drum circles who don't have jobs mm. <laughs> waiting at noon. <laughs> Sorry, I insulted your customer base, Tom. Uh, <laughs> it's a double-edged sword, though, because we're kind of hanging our hat on on the freshness, the freshness thing, because we really do buy into that, and that's you know part yeah. of, part of our brand now, but. Also, we're kind of starting to see this phenomenon where it's like, oh, three-week El Segundo, I want the new one. Yeah. Like, oh. what, what the hell did three-week beer get old? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's changing we fast. Had, we had an account send back oh, like three- or four-week-old Citra, and we were just like at the very end of, of that, that batch, and, and we were bottling a new batch, and we had, you know, 15 cases left, and, you know, what that, that, that retailer got a case, and it came back, and I was like, interesting. oh, we've created a monster. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> now... I I mean I I would hope that they tasted it first, or they're just looking at a date and saying no, well, not fresh enough. You know what we've done is is we we always are announcing our next bottling dates, and we're trying to run so that we run out in about two weeks. Okay. So we're out of beer in two weeks, uh, and we tell people like, okay, this is when we'll have it next. And some people are very good about ordering just the right amount, so they only have a couple bottles left on the shelf when we're delivering, or they're out. And so then they're like, oh, you're sending me the batch that I 
just bought, even though I know you just bottled <laughs> ah, fresh stuff. I see. And so, damn you to and be your fair, transparency. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, but to be fair, they're doing as we've asked, where a lot of people will be like, "I'll just get that extra case," you sure. know, even though it's going to take a little bit longer. Uh, so, I, on one hand, I want to reward them. On the other hand, I'm like, yeah. "Well, we, this is like shared responsibility." I'm trying. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying, and you know, I'm working as hard. Yeah. <laughs> well, like you said, we, we've created a monster here, so uh, yeah, we have fresh beer. What size batches are you doing to kind of plan this every two weeks? Well, it's gotten uh, well. It's not, uh, oh, well, it's different for every beer. So um, most of the you know Citra we're doing bottling every three weeks, average or so, and that Citra, Mayberry, and Hammerland about that. Although Hammerland's about once a month flat, probably you're for the about, rest you're of the year. Just volume, like, like, are you, just all the beers is what you're talking about. Yeah, not not just not day one. Yeah, oh, is all day the beer. one a yeah. specific beer? No, no. Day, day one just is the process. Oh. What's your What's your brew system yeah. size? Oh, well, we've got Start a we've got a barrel. fifteen barrel. Yeah. We've got thirties and sixties, so it varies per beer. Okay, essentially. so you'll do some double batches with IPAs and things like that to yeah, fill we, a thirty. We pretty much run. Well, we run Mayberry, Citra, uh, uh, Hammerland. Pretty much in the sixties. Not more than full time. It's probably we probably have a tank and a half dedicated. Okay, sixty for those beers. We're on the Blue House IPA, the White Dog, and some <coughs> of the other beers full time on the thirties, and then kind of mix in other things where we have room in the schedule. Okay, let's talk about this Mayberry IPA. It's in my glass. It's on tap here at the Hot Grenade. If you want to come down and try it, uh, tell me about the beer. Uh, you can get as geeky as you want because our listeners want to know. Uh, mosaic based IPA, lean body. What are we at alcohol wise? We're seven two. Seven two. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Mr. Cicero. Is it almost anything? <laughs> <laughs> this, this is not. Rob's like, I make IPA. <laughs> <laughs> it's not 100% mosaic, is it's it? It's not. No, none of our beers are 100% uh, any hop, really, mm-hmm. even though we have like a Citra Pale Ale, you know. Um, I, I think, honestly, lies. it's... <laughs> <laughs> the lies are coming out. Exactly. <laughs> no one's listening, right? No. <laughs> We're not on here. No. Nobody practice. knows. Um, no, you know, I think it, the, the thing I say all the time is uh, we try and make hops more themselves, you know. And essentially what, I'm, what I mean is it, these hops, they, they, they sometimes struggle to, to fill in the whole experience of the palate. Uh, and so having some supporting cast of characters, you know, we use a lot of Cascade. We use Chinook for bittering in almost all of our beers. But the dry hop is really mainly mosaic. Or is it all mosaic? Uh, no, it's, it's, it's almost bit of, all mosaic. Yeah. But, uh, but I mean, it's really mosaic. With, with Cascade you're you're tasting mosaic. Yep. Like it's, if you, you couldn't tell me. What the other hops were in I there? Think they're you're right just about that, yeah. they're just there to kind of because you know hops aren't really I don't think meant to be single. It's it's fun and it's a it's a great way to experience things. But I I really you know Rob's whole ethos on hops is one or two maybe three for most of our beers uh, and then and then a supporting cast of characters and that sure. you know uh, I think Mayberry is an awesome expression of of mosaic. You know you get you get its dankness. You know, but it's not, you know, the the amazing thing about Mosaic to me, because I'm a little afraid of dankness, honestly, I think not afraid, but just it it can be a little overwhelming for me. But Mosaic isn't quite that way. It's like blueberry and it's got a little of that stink to it. More tropical. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, it's got some tropical notes. Blueberry is the one that just pounds for me. Pops out. Yeah, from Mosaic all the time. I just can't get past it, Uh, especially when it's super, super fresh. Sure. Just like blueberry muffins in there. Yeah, and what Tom was saying, too, about, you know, trying to get the hops, for you know, show their contribution. It's always an approach that, you know, we do when we're designing a beer is 
you know, the way I see it is, is anybody can add gobs of hops and make this big old hop bomb, and I just don't find that very interesting. Mm-hmm. So I really try to make it so the ingredients that we're using really do shine through sure. in the end product. So, so I would challenge that, you know, if somebody is, you know, a hop expert, then they're going to be able to go through and pick out what we're brewing with in each beer. And I, I think that's what, what keeps it fun. I also really like the concept, the description of filling in the holes, too. And yeah. I think you guys do that really well on all of your beers. Um, I agree that with very few exceptions, a single hop beer is not really the way to go. I do think they're fun to try, and, and they're interesting, just like you said, Tom. But they leave, I guess, holes, like you're saying. It's this great description where the the experience isn't very rounded, and there's a bunch of my palate. It just feels like it's missing something. It, there ha- it has sharp edges or just some missing points. Right. I do think that you guys, whatever you're doing to blend the two or three to fill in the rest of it, you're really good at it. We take a lot of care trying to find what you know, what hops are going to play together well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think usually we're pretty successful. It doesn't always work. Like, I think about, you know, Kapow, we did a uh, Raquel-based IPA last year, and the first batch came out great, and then we thought, you know, we could get smart and fill in this and this and that, and batch two just and it ruined wasn't it. as good. So, you Interesting. Know, usually works, just, just not always. Do you have some – you mentioned Cascade and Chinook, and I saw Tasty shaking his head for that, too. <laughs> Those are you have some workhorse hops that that can fill in the holes on, on almost anything. Is that how you? It's no, it's not so much just variety based. I'm comfortable with Chinook and I like Chinook. I like the characteristics it gives in terms of bitterness. Is I don't find it too aggressive. Mm-hmm. I'm really comfortable in doing a recipe from scratch with that beer. Just I mean with that hop, knowing what it's going to give. Um, and also, I think in some cases it also supplements really well as a dry hop as a as a supporting cast sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then same thing with, with Cascade. Cascade I use more kind of to fill the gaps like, like Tom was saying, but also because, I mean, we're Southern California, California beer, Cascade. Yeah. There should be some of that character. And I agree. Have you, guys, you guys heard of, all, have you ever heard of Sierra Nevada? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or Cascade. <laughs> we have been working on a Hop Grenade IPA. Um, we talked about it on the show a little while back. We're going to brew kind of a one-off beer with, with Heretic, actually. And for us, it was a no-brainer to look at the sea hops. And, of course, we'll pick some others that are interesting, too. But, it, you know, I, I find that maybe a lot of new breweries are, are going, well, no, you have to have – it has to be citra, and it has to be mosaic, and it has to be this, and it has to be that. And we forget about how amazing the sea hops are. You can still mm-hmm. use, like you guys are doing, mosaic, right? But let's fill in the blanks or have a little baseline with with some Cascade, some Santana. Yeah. Right, Tasty? Like, we went right to those without a blink of an eye. Like, oh, they're not cool enough. Yeah, we didn't even think about that. No, Centennial is our showcase hop in the beer we're making. There you go. Yeah, yeah we, make one, we, we make one that's Amarillo Centennial that we just put out in July. And Excellent. That, and that yeah. it's one of my favorites we make, but it, to be fair, it's it's not the market's favorite beer. Okay, you know, it's, yeah, it's not, not cool enough. It's not, and it's it's just, it's, a, it's slightly understated. It's not like so crushing out of the glass and like really right. in your face. It's but it's like it's super pleasant. Sure, and it's a little piney and it's a little lemony and it's so it's yeah. drinkable is what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> my favorite hops are the, are the yeah. in hops. You heard of the, the end hops? The end hops, the end no. Hops, yeah. The no hops, the none hops, the <laughs> knock it off hops. I think you mean the L hops. You just want the less hops. That's you don't true. want no hops. That's you true. want less yeah, hops. Uh, what about the the base malt of this beer, the the or the, the malt profile in general? Uh, the Mayberry. Do we put malt the Mayberry, in this beer? Yeah. Is there malt in there? Is there's malt, malt, <laughs> water and hops. No, it's pretty simple, right? Almost, a lot of the our IPAs are really simple 
um, grain bill. It's it's almost all two row, um, and we use a little bit of dex and dexter pills, and that's about it. Okay, just to give a tiny bit of body, tiny bit of sweetness. And that's this it. is our this is our struggle with with you know playing with new IPAs and putting different IPAs in the in the uh, in the tap room and stuff just to just to keep things interesting. It's like, well, you know, the, what was that? I think it's Travis from from Society. Says when he tastes beers, you know, crystal malt is a off flavor. Yeah. It's an it's, it's an off flavor. Yeah, yeah. 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 that's his that's yeah. his thing. By the way, when he says anything at all, yeah, right. that fucking that's guy. all he says. Then he that, says that, something like that. Yeah, but he's adamant about it. Yeah. Sure. yeah, and it's it's kind of true though. I mean, we do make a one with, that has some crystal malt in it. It's hard to sell. Uh, it's a great beer. It's an awesome beer. You know, I, I came from the East Coast. You that know. surprises yeah, me. Actually, start making these balanced beers, it gets tougher. Well, <laughs> so we're like, we're like, well, we can use. It doesn't sell itself we, the same way. We can use Pilsner malt. Uh, we can. Use, what about rice? We actually had that conversation this weekend. Too. What did you just get bought out? Now you got to use rice. <laughs> Just trying to use something different, man. Right, right. Claremont, Claremont, who's who's down in L.A. as well. They, they did a their third anniversary beer was uh, was it, I think it was Cascades and Cascades Chinook and Centennial uh, Rice IPA. And it's it like was thirty percent rice. Man, it was. That, that was my favorite beer on Saturday. The, Interesting. On yeah, it was awesome. Okay, and the term is partnered. Not Sorry, bought out. Not bought out. Right. Partnered. Stopping merged. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, and then Calio yeast. You yep. guys, yeah. yeah, we, we use that exclusive. one for everything. Okay. It's good I mean, it's simple. It's that's kind of just the approach we took in general. It, you know, is I went with what I was comfortable with and what I was going to get predictable results with. Yeah, and it's you know it translates well to the styles of beers that we do. So you can make it as complicated as you want, but you don't have to. So. Sure. I mean, that's, we we just keep one strain of yeast in house, and it keeps life simple. And you guys are self-proclaimed all hoppy beers. Distributors must love you, like because that's what everybody wants. We only have one, and we don't give them any beer. Well, no, we have two. We oh. don't give either of them, and they don't get any beer anyway. Because <laughs> you know these new breweries open, and they're like some of them, not very many. They go, oh, "We're not going to brew an IPA," and I see the distributors' eyes roll back in their head, and, and retailers too. They're like, "Just we get it. We get the stance you're taking." But give us an IPA because it'll sell. I think you, in most circumstances, you almost kind of have to have one because that's what the market is is asking. For. I mean, Monkish Monkish has their whole thing, right? No IPAs. Right, right. They make like four hoppy beers. Right. Call it. I mean, you don't have to call an IPA. And, and the brewery, yeah. the brewery's whole thing is like, oh, it's great. We, we're not going to make an IPA. We're just going to make we're an IPA. Yeah, we're going to make an IPA with a lager yeast and call it uh, something yeah. else. IPL. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's one. There's one brewery that that we know that I, I don't want to name their name because it's a story that I don't know if it's for the air. But uh, they have a a dry hop uh, saison, lower gravity, um, and they're they had a, a, an account that renamed it. Belgo Amera Session IPA. <laughs> and wow. overnight, it became that bar's top seller. Well, oh, of course. 40% increase in sales because of the word Session IPA. Why not just call it Saison IPA and people or, will just assume it's a typo? That's a good question. <laughs> just call yeah. it Saison IPA. It's, it's, it's nowhere in the realm of an IPA. Right. And, but, Belgio Amero Session IPA, which <laughs> I fucking hate that term. Yeah, yeah so do we. Get, but, rid of the term, yeah, we don't make get rid of the term craft beer and just call it American IPA. That's everything. <laughs> yeah. everything. I love the stout American IPA. <laughs> right. yeah. Everything is IPA. We See, need- I like this conversation because I don't fault brewers for changing the name of a beer 
Yeah. If it helps, if they if they increase sales by forty percent, how do you not change the name of that beer? You have to. And who gives yeah. a shit? Yeah. It's the same beer that you made anyway. The idea yeah. of naming a style is so the consumer has an expectation of what they're getting. Yeah. Uh, but the consumers are idiots, and if they're going to give you more money, then fuck it. <laughs> I mean, honestly, right. Belgo, I don't disagree. Belgo's Session IPA. Yeah. I would be like, I wonder if that's kind of like a hoppy saison. Yeah. You're going to make one tomorrow, aren't you? <laughs> we don't let Belgian yeast in our brewery. No, huh? No. Yeah. yeah, they're xenophobic. You said all Cal Ale, right? 100% Well, we've, Chico. Done, we've done the Saison. We've done the uh, the Mexican lager, but that's... Uh, there's, we, we play with the other yeast once in a while, but for day in, day out, it's just the O1. You guys have... Why don't you have a Vienna lager on all the time? Oh it's El Segundo yeah. Brewing Company. Yeah, no. And we had one called Casa Azul. You know, uh, nice. House. It was Do perfect. you really want the boring business explanation for that one? Yes. No. Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Have it's, you it won't, before? It won't sell, right? No, it does sell. No, yeah? It sells just fine, but think about it. I mean, we're doing all... We're doing all ales. We're turning beers in you know, about three weeks or so. It's a capacity. So we're going to lager yeah. a beer. I mean, yeah. it really costs us an mind, entire another batch of beer. You right. mind paying $9 a pint? Yeah, with that, with that beer. Yeah, we, yeah. That's all so you lose no, because I can get Negro Modelo for like. A, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you what are you selling that beer here? What? <laughs> you know that hop yields that's are down this year, though. So next year you'll be making the uh, Vienna Lager. You might be going back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, that's okay. We we have contracts. I think my house is on the line for like five, <laughs> six years on for cut with the contract. So we're you've never been shorted with one of your contracts yet. We got shorted uh, with Amarillo last year. Yeah, you did. Yeah. yeah. What happens then? They give you money back in your contract or what? Uh, you don't pay it up front. You just don't no. get the hops. Oh, I see. So You're they'll just offer you screwed. something else maybe, but that's about it. Okay. We have great hops from Papua New Guinea this right. year. <laughs> we got... <laughs> I have Neo-Mexicanus. Uh, <laughs> right. But it's all organic, so yeah. you'll be I've, fine. I've yeah. been recommended Summit as a sub... As a uh, appropriate substitution for Citro when Citro was getting shorted, is that right? Yeah, dry hop like crazy. Have you had that. some of it before? I love it. Yeah, I, I live on it. It's like onions and garlic. It's uh, like it's like cat piss. I mean, the onions much and garlic. Like Citro. I mean, onion onions and garlic is being nice as far as yeah. I <laughs> We use some in some beers. Yeah, and small doses. As a, as a yeah, you want to supplement for Nelson and yeah. What about like an eighty percent dry hop Summit beer? Love it. No. that's the appropriate response all right let's do this we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we've got more beer to try in fact we're going to get into the double ipa zone i think we got got one on tap and then some in a bottle and might even be a growler around here somewhere so hang in there it's a session if you want to call in triple eight four oh one beer or hit the chat button on the homepage. you're listening to the brewcasters brewcasters on the brewing network Dude, you know what beer this is? Oh, uh, no, all the labels are falling off. Yeah, or the ink is run. Well, if it's the pale ale, you're good, but stay away from the quote unquote Belgian. Oh, man, this guy needs to get some grog tags. Grog tags are reusable, right on, wipe off commercial grade bottle labels for your brew. The guys at Grog Tag are homebrewers. They wanted great looking, sturdy labels for your bottles, buckets, carboys, kegs, and growlers. They also wanted a label that not only looks good, but can be easily removed and reapplied during bottling without that 
nasty glue residue being left behind. No residue, water resistant, and ice chest approved. Grog tags stay on in water or an ice chest, and they stay legible. Visit grogtag.com to customize your label or coaster from dozens of different templates for free and see how awesome your bottles can look. Oh, it's that pseudo-Belgian. Yeah, we're getting him some grog tags, dude. Grog tag. At least your beer will look good. Grogtag.com. For nearly 40 years, one organization has had your back. The American Homebrewers Association. Are you a member? (laughs) Why not? Join the more than 40,000 brewers who enjoy all the American Homebrewers Association has to offer. Like Zymergy Magazine, in print and online, plus the Zymergy app. Zymergy is the leading publication for amateur brewers around the world. Supporters also get member deals at their local breweries, bars, and homebrew shops. These alone quickly pay for your membership. You'll also get great member-only resources at homebrewersassociation.org and access to AHA events like the National Homebrewers Conference and the National Homebrew Competition. The American Homebrewers Association promotes the hobby of homebrewing, protects the interests of homebrewers, and brings beer lovers together become a member today it costs less than a batch of beer and gives back so much more visit homebrewersassociation.org Time Ninkasi Award winner and Grandmaster Judge Gordon Strong invites you on a guided journey of what's new in the world of homebrewing. Modern homebrew recipes, exploring styles and contemporary techniques available now from Brewers Publications. Gordon brings you specific advice and sensory profiles for as-brewed award-winning beers with delicious variations to get your creative juices flowing. This is more than just a book of recipes. It sets brewers on the path to discovering what's new in the world of homebrewing. AHA director Gary Glass says, if you want to enter competitions or just learn more about styles that you might not have experience with, this book is going to help you tremendously. By emulating what Gordon does, you're going to make better beer. Modern Homebrew Recipes, Exploring Styles and Contemporary Techniques by Gordon Strong. Available right now from BrewersPublications.com and find brewing retailers near you. Putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a homebrew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special Secret Elite. Elite Bare Bones Club, where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit. NicoBrew.com. N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W. NicoBrew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. Welcome back. We're putting out day one radio right now. 
It's happening right now. It's happening right now. I hope you're listening. Unless unless you're listening in the future, in which case. It's happening in the future. Oh, I'm sorry. That show's uh, two weeks old. Not interested. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, those El Segundo guys. Old news. That was yesterday. Yesterday's program. Welcome back. We're talking to El Segundo Brewing Company here. We got uh, Rob and Tom in the studio with us hanging out. And their beer in our glasses, which uh, is just fantastic beer. Uh, right now, I'm drinking your uh, Hammerland double IPA. Hammerland! <laughs> You're going to give Rob a heart attack. I can see it. <laughs> yeah, you taste your heart attack. That's very dumb. And frankly, I have always wanted it. somebody to die on air, so uh, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you to stop. Yeah, I'll work on it. Was on me. Let's, get him, let's get him like a big plate of nachos or something. <laughs> <laughs> I should start ordering all our guests as horrible food for them. Now, Hammerland is the beer that you guys won the double IPA fest at the Bistro up here? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Now, for those of you uh, across the country, and you know, maybe you've heard brewers talk about this, and you certainly heard us talk about it, but uh, the Double IPA Fest is kind of a big deal around here. It started out as a small festival, and Vic down there at the Bistro has just really built it up into something that, that people really love. And so now brewers from all over enter beer. It's still a tiny little festival, but the competition is pretty fierce. A, l- a lot of beers entered. It's it's incredibly it's fierce. It's 100, uh, 100 or so. There 100 or so, okay. Yeah. yeah, it was about 100 this year, but the, the, I think the most amazing thing about it is, you know, the first time I ever came up here to enter beer into that, he had like a a Budweiser trailer <laughs> out, out, outside that was storing all the beer cold, and I opened it up and I was like, "Oh, look! There's a three day old Pizza Port beer, and there's a, a like five day old Firestone beer, and a four day old Green Flesh beer, and a three day old Stone." You like everybody really stacking the deck? There. Oh yeah, everybody yeah. just really goes after it. So the competition—that's why the competition is so it's gnarly. Yeah, you know, Fathead won several times. Cole would fly in with the cake. Yeah. No, oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. bring it in fresh. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a big deal, and there are two awards given, if, I'm, if I remember correctly. Oh, that, beers actually get judged by judges uh, in the morning, and so there's that award, and then there's the People's Choice Award. Both of them highly coveted. Both yeah. are awesome awards to win. And you guys with yours won the People's Choice? No, no, no. We won Best of Show. You won the Best of Show. Right. Yep. Amazing. And were you in attendance? I I was not. I was uh, homesick on a couch. Okay. Yeah, I was dusting my son's room. Well, I was so I was so honored. Were you like keeping busy waiting for the results, or that's just what? No, you know, it, Greg called me and I picked up the phone. I was his, so honored. He said we won. I said we won what? Yeah, he's like he's like, yeah, what are you talking about? And needles here. His, what are we his, doing? His fresh meth shipment just came in. It's <laughs> dusting the room. So you guys, you didn't even. So you found out through a, a tweet or something. I got what? a text. I got. A text from one of my guys with them wearing the medal. Wow! And pretty nice. much lost it. Okay. My, pretty much, just that was it. It was, yeah. you know, it, my my wife, my my poor son. He he heard the word fuck a lot of times. <laughs> yeah. We fucking won. He's like, wow, oh, my room not. must be dirty, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> How many uh, years had you been entering the beer in that, that, in that was competition? Three. That was the third year we entered. Wow. Two, two or three. Had it, had it placed before? I think that's the third nope. year. No, no, we'd never placed before. I'd come up and, you know, I, I mean, I've known about the Bistro Double IPFS for years and I'd never been. And I was like, we need to enter beer into this well, thing. Yeah, and the funny great. thing, too, is that that beer wasn't even slated to go. We were going to do Mayberry. Yeah. And then I think you were gone. I was tasting beer. and I. Decided, no, I was there. I was there. We, we tasted with, together, yeah. This is the one that we should go with and sent that up kind of on a lark. And, yeah, because we fill the kegs. I mean, we fill, we generally fill the kegs. 
Friday morning and, and then get it on the truck and, and send it up. And uh, Hop Tanker was supposed to come. Okay. And, and Hammerland was uh, only just freshly like named. We, we didn't even have a name for the damn thing. We just had an open. We didn't even have a name for. We, the we, had, an open, we had an open. We had an open. It was just double IPA. Well, we had an open tank like the week of Christmas or something. And Rob's like, "Well, what should we brew?" And I was like, "Well, just, brew, just I don't know. How, like, what hops do we have?" He's like, "Mosaic and Simcoe." And I said, "Well, just brew a double IPA with those hops. It'll be great." There you go. <laughs> and uh, and so it was like three weeks old. So I would have ne- normally never thought, but I was like, it, we, we both just look at each other like this beer is just like way better. Okay. Like, it and, just came uh, out great. And so it went it went it went on the truck instead and and uh and you won. And we won. So now we think it's a big deal us beer fans. Does it affect the brewery at all? I mean, <laughs> what happens when you win the Bistro Double IPA Fest? I think we heard that a lot this weekend up in Sacramento. Oh yeah? Oh yeah, absolutely. People you, know it. it people, they, people know it. Up here more than down there, honestly, yeah, you know. It gets more uh, attention though. It gets here. more attention up here. Well, I consider it a statewide Double IPA Competition. Basically. Well, if you look at the list it's of the brewers one. That are everybody's there, represented. It's everybody. Right? I mean, I, and I say this all the time. Uh, I would rather win that medal for double IPA than GABF. For Interesting. Sure. Wow. Uh, it, it's you know you're you're competing the best <laughs> the best of the best packaged in kegs, so you don't have the that extra option. It's really just about just the beer. Clean and, and you're nice. competing amongst your peers. I mean, that's who you're making. Right. That's the market you're in. Right. Yeah. And I mean, you and, go to that festival, and you know everybody's there. You know, everybody so, is coming by to check it out and, yeah. and drink the beer and then right. do all that. What about sales wise? Does the phone start ringing off the hook? Oh, like I got to have this beer now. Yeah, yeah, it, we it can't was get ridiculous. you your beer in New Jersey or wherever you're. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that happens too. You get you do get to see that, but I mean, we played it up. You know, I we we went. You know, we really promoted the win big time because I knew I know what such a big what a big deal it is. Sure. And so, uh, Beer Paper LA, which is a great publication down in LA. They did an article uh, about the win, but also just about the festival because I, I was like realizing, like as I was saying, like oh, we won the bistro, and people would be like, the what, the what, yeah, and I'm like, it's, it's, it's me. Really, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like in our world, it's, it's kind of it's it's kind of a bigger win than than winning like GABF because it I'm really is fair, against yeah. the styles of beer, the style of IPA that, that we're doing. So, sure. Where GABF, if you look yeah. at you know BJCP. That beer's not going to win, probably. No, you're, okay. you're, you're, it might be the apple winner out of oranges. Your apple's apple's out here. These are our whiskers. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a fine beer. It's tasting great uh, in a keg right now, too, here at the Hop Grenade. Uh, again, you guys, it's a really filled out beer. There's no holes in it. It's not too edgy uh, or sharp. Uh, it's not too bitter. It's a double IPA, so I know that's a, maybe a dumb thing to say, but it's not very bitter. Well, is it? our bitterness is low. We stay, we stay on the low end of the IBU, IBU spectrum. No, good for you. Whatever, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Doc, why don't you stop? <laughs> yeah. How many times have you won Bistro? Yeah, Doc. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, and, you know, Palette Wrecker, what a monster of a beer. And, you know, what an amazing revelation that you could do that to some, to a beer and it would still be awesome. But, uh, you know. But it's not so much of a, of a Palette Wrecker. It's not. But I'm just saying, like, that was that was the thing. You know, that Stone and Green Flash and all those guys, you know, back in the 90s and then the early, you know, the early part of 2000s was, was bitterness was big. It was all about bitterness. bitterness. How bitter can you make a beer? Arrogant bastard. I mean, it really is like the, yeah. to me, is like it just not even not even the beer so much so, but just the thought behind the fact that it's like, oh, oh you don't like it because it's bitter? Yeah. Fuck you. We don't care. <laughs> right. You know, that, I mean, that was really the whole idea. And, you know, the more I, I came from wine, so... When 
I moved to California from Philadelphia, I started drinking like Racer Five, and I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, this beer is bitter. so hoppy yeah. and so bitter. And uh, I mean, now I, I, I've really come come further to the you're, west you're, side, west yeah. coast, you know, thing. But but with the new hop varieties coming out, Citra and Simcoe and Mosaic, I mean, these hops are about aroma. They're, yeah, they're not about bitterness. And you need bitterness yeah. as a foil to keep it dry and to keep it clean and, and to finish well. Uh, but it's really about the aroma. That's what people want. The, aroma and flavor. Yeah. yeah. And, all the time, though, as people are, you know, coming around, you know, trying IPAs. Well, I don't like IPAs. Well, how come? Because I don't like the bitterness. We hear that all the time. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not a huge fan. I mean, I, I like a good firm bitterness in an IPA, but I don't want to taste it 30 minutes later. So <laughs> exactly. So beers, that's, you know, I want to make beer that I want to drink. Yeah. So. Yeah. so here at the Hop Grenade, we have a, a, a couple of formulas that dictate to what size glass we, we pour your, your beer in. And uh, one of them would be uh, the alcohol content, and the other would be, like, the cost of beer to us sometimes because we still want people to buy an affordable beer. So it goes in this glass, if you're watching on the video, which is like our 10-ounce uh, t- type of a goblet. For me, in general, when I look up at our menu, which tells you what kind of glass your beer is going to be served in, I usually avoid anything in a goblet. Because to me, it's either going to be too high alcohol or it's going to be too bitter. It's going to be somebody's double or triple IPA that costs a fortune and it's going to be too bitter for me. So I avoid them, usually. I go for the pints, right? This is fantastic. I would order this about three or four times a night. And then I would take a cab home. If you were still walking. Because this one is not a pallet wrecker. And that, that, I guess what I mean is a lot of times when I order something that's in this size glass, it is kind of a pallet wrecker. And our, our, our customers love it, by the way. They look for that and do the opposite. Those sure. are the ones that they order. I just mean me personally. But this one's really nice. Um, I would just put this in my IPA repertoire yeah. and uh, call it a day. Right, yeah, Tasty? That's the first beer I had tonight, and uh, it did not wreck my palate. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was uh, very balanced. Uh, Both advertising. Well, it's funny you mentioned people want aroma hops. I mean, that's kind of what the growers are shifting to in like, the Yakima Valley and stuff. Aroma hops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's what people are, well, are looking for. That's now. where people are looking yeah. for their flavor in their beer is late. Yeah. Yeah. What's your first edition hop on this? You're doing something just that you don't care about to get IBUs, right? The the, the bittering hop on yeah. this? Yeah. What's your bittering hop? Simcoe on this beer. Simcoe? Yeah. Mm. Okay. And so this one we usually use, like we said, Chinook, but this beer is Simcoe. Simcoe. Yeah. And then all your late editions are what? Simcoe again and Mosaic? Simcoe, Mosaic, and a little bit of Cascade, I believe. Okay. Or maybe Amarillo. It's your beer, man. I have to go back and look. <laughs> go back and look. <laughs> and is it mostly late edition? A little... It's almost all late edition. We don't do very much, um, you know, Okay. Mid-boil editions at all. It's it's like Whirlpool, maybe five minutes. That's about it. Okay. It's got a great aroma. What would you dry hop with? Simcoe. And, Some more Simcoe. Uh, okay. Simcoe and Mosaic. Yes. Yeah. It you, really came you about. you got good Simcoe. Yeah. Do you do a, a warm dry hopping or is it uh, crashed? 60 degrees. 60 degrees. 60 degrees. Okay. It's single dry hop. Um, we'll blast with CO2 two to three times during dry hop over mm. five to six days. So you you agitate the hops with CO two? Yeah. Okay. And a lot I know a lot of guys recirculate, but I'm so paranoid of picking up any oxygen there mm-hmm. that we'll just hook up CO two line to the racking arm and just you know rotate it back and forth several times over over a lot of you know several minutes, kind of try to get mm-hmm. you know some you know motion in in the tank to kind of disturb it. Why do you go through the racking arm instead of right through the bottom of the cone? Um. Just because I because you know you're getting some hop settling on on the angled sides of the cones, so okay. you kind of sweep that thing back and forth, and sure. at least you can get you know the area that the racking arm gets. Sure. Okay. 
I had a funny thing about that, you know, because we a lot of the brewers around, and I'm 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 the one that's always going around and talking to other brewers, and you know, you always try to refine your process, and I'm I'm pretty, you know, even though I do sales and distro, I'm, I'm pretty close to the the production process, and uh, so I kept saying to Rob, like, you know, a lot of guys doing research, like we could we could cut dry hopping down a couple of days, we could do this, and we keep retalking, and you know, so we talked over a couple of months, and then one time I was like, we should really try it. And Rob looked over to me and he goes, you like the beers? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good answer. I was like, all right, I'll just shut up. It's <laughs> a good answer. So with, with the CO2 agitation, you don't worry about driving off more aromatics? Or you just the agitation, you get more than you're losing? I, I absolutely think you get more than you're losing. I'm not, that doesn't even cross my mind anymore. Early on, absolutely did. And uh, but I just I don't see it impacting our beers. Well, it's in a closed yeah. tank, right? You're adding CO two volume at the mm-hmm. same time, right? But it's st- it's still bubbling through, I'm sure. But I yeah. that is that but, whole theory of stripping aroma, I'm mm-hmm. half sold on that. I think I mean I think there probably is some impact, but I've never noticed anything major. And you know, over, as we're learning and been getting better over the years, there was a lot of times early on when. You know, we would have to, you know, bleed some off, and I know you're getting some outgassing, and mm-hmm. it didn't impact the beers too terribly. Okay. I understood your answer, but what do you think about capping it and adding, like, 5 PSI at the same mm-hmm. time, you're res- like, in, in part of the as part of the research? The, I know that extra uh, pressure would help the beer clear faster. I know, I know that. And well, at that point in the process, I'm not. We're not even really worried about. You're already clear. About, but, well, we're not even clear there. We're not even right. worried about that because, you know, we will have done in a diastole rest, and the beer is still really cloudy. We dry hop at 60 degrees. We'll do that, and we do. We don't do any filtering. Um, we crash it after dry hopping, and we'll do biofine later. But biofine. at that point, in concern, I mean, at that point, we're not. I'm not super concerned okay. about clarity. Right. When you are doing the agitation, is the tank sealed, or are you just letting it gas off uh, we'll, through the blow-off? We'll seal it when we're doing it, and then we'll gradually vent it back down. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. We always keep it somewhere, you know, a couple pounds of positive pressure. But. Gotcha. So one thing I saw in my notes that I thought was a nice, honest answer from you, Rob, is that in the beginning, coming from the homebrew side to the pro side, is that you had a little trouble with carbonation. Oh, I, yeah. I screwed, <laughs> I screwed everything that I could possibly screw up. And I hadn't really thought about that, about what a big change that would be, because in homebrewing, it's pretty simple. We have this little keg, and we just force carbonate, and we're done, right? Life is easy. So what, what happened when you went pro? You know, the- what is the process? I got process. rich. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that wasn't part of it. But no, I mean, I started really simple, kind of try to like learn by doing. So, you know, our, the very first beer we did was a very simple pale ale. It was like two row and Dexter Pills, Schnook Cascade. That's it. Very an O one. Very predictable ingredients. You should know what you're getting. So I'm. I mean, I'm first guy to admit I'm not a world-class technical brewer. I think I make an okay recipe, but I don't think, you know, I'm the world's greatest technical brewer, so I learn a lot as we go. Okay. And so, you know, we kind of did that first beer that should be pretty predictable and kind of learn where we, you know, what we're going to get from our system. Um, so, I mean, that, that's kind of the approach we take, is just learn it by doing it. Got it. Okay. Rob, but, but how do you, so in a, in a pro system, I don't know that I've ever even asked this question of an interview in 10 years, uh, maybe a little bit with, with people who do natural carbonation. How do you carbonate the beer? Wh- um, where is it carbonated? It's carbonated in the bright tank. Bright you know, tanks. We crash okay. it, so and then just hit it with. Uh, there's a carb stone, and we have a process based on uh, the gravity of the beer and the temperature, and you know how much we're going to hit with CO2. Okay. And we have the zom to measure it. But you were asking, you know, how, how do we learn? And it's like, you know, I always tell people that 
you know, making beer is still making beer. If you can make good beer at home, I think you can make better beer on a professional system because you have more controls. Okay. The stuff that caught me up was um, things that you don't do as a home brewer. You know, home brewer, you buy, you know, a new $5 vial of yeast every time you're going to pitch it. You don't worry sure. about it. But managing yeast was something I, I mean, I jacked that up so many times. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think we're doing okay now, but, you know, it took a while. Then, which is yeah. like the most important part, <laughs> right? Important. So, it's yeah. It's also kind of expensive every time you're fucking it up. I right? bet. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you got to get that new pitch. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Um, and then the other thing is carbonation. I mean, we send out beers, you know, Overcarbed, undercarbed, and you okay. know, and, you know Rob, Rob likes beers carved at two point three, and I like beers <laughs> carved at two point six. I mean, that's really yeah, where that it comes down truth. to. And we had yeah. the argument over and over, and I kept being like, "Look, this is undercarbed. Look, this is undercarbed. Look, this no, is undercarbed." Like He's it. like, "No, no, it's good. It's good." And, but this is the way that, we're sending it out. Is and that I, a big enough difference that consumers can tell the difference between two point three and two point six? Yeah. yeah, it is. Okay, yeah, I think by is. the time we're in keg and bottle, we're we're somewhere in the middle, probably slightly towards the higher side. All right, yeah. Somewhere over two five. Two two five to two six five is where we really want it. The, where I like it is where it starts prickling your tongue, where you can feel you start feeling the carbonation. Okay. Uh and, and Rob likes it a little lower than that. But in the end, you know, when we're making these crazy aroma driven fears. Right, you want to get it jumping out of the glass. And okay. I mean, you know, when you know, you look at the specs and I think it says like two point five or something like that for IPA and Rob's like, Well, I think, you know, I that I'm we're in at two point five and we bought the Zom and we shook it and it was like 2.3 <laughs> and then oh, yeah. and then, and then the second thing. batch we did it again blind and Rob's like it's right it's right, it's right at 2.5 2.3 <laughs> got it it took us a couple of years before we could afford the Zom and really figure out what we were doing Everything and that is it. And let me, I don't know if you know what a Zom and Nagel looks yeah, like no but it, yeah. it's, it, ridiculous. it's the most ridiculous looking thing it, it's like a stainless tube and yeah. it's got this piston in the bottom and this like hooky thing at the top that bleeds beer out and little handles and you shake it. You fill it with beer and you shake it, and it tells you how much carbonation is in it. And that thing costs what three thousand dollars? Wow! Or something like. That. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing that's scary about that too is, you know, between myself, you know, Matt, Todd, and Anthony, who are who are my brewers, you know, we can all take samples, use a you know the the prescription process that they give you and get slightly different readings mm. so it's, it's interesting a lot of user uh you know there's a lot, a lot of, of our, our, user a lot of art going in play there yeah. Yeah. yeah i Absolutely. mean this is this is the thing with with craft brewing and small brewing and stuff like that. i mean you listen to the you listen to the early guys you listen to like fritz maytag we just listen to fritz maytag in, in sacramento at the at the conference and they're talking about <laughs> The stuff they were talking about, it was like, uh, I think that was a little scary, actually. I, I'm not I'm not sure you should have been doing that. I've also seen their, like, antique brewing equipment that they have down well, apparently there. Well, apparently medieval. The coating that they were using on the inside. Yeah, apparently okay. now yeah. it is, like, way better than it was back in the late 60s. Asbestos um, steam. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Asbestos filter. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a great filter. Uh, uh, but, but it's Drops amazing. It's amazing what the difference is between the like, oh, you're a craft brewer and you want to measure this here. Here's this thing, and it, at the time you think, oh my god, it's so crazy ass expensive just to do that. But it really doesn't do it that well. And you're like, well, what's the next version? The next oh, it's ten times as fucking expensive. Right, like, right. Yeah. We're, we're still not that good. So. And it's still like that. Like but you, you get a feel for your equipment, too, after a while, right? Like, I you know you guys talk about the beginning and having to measure it. And, and now you measure it. But uh, maybe missing by a couple volumes. But after, uh, you know, hundreds of batches, don't you start to just 
know what you have to do. They've got they've got yeah. yeast management and carbonation, and carbonation pretty much yeah, nailed okay. down. You know, what I mean, they, they, it it varies a lot. You know, it, it, it's stuff you don't think of. You're like, oh, we filled the tank up a little bit more than normal. Like we got oh, a really okay. good yield, oh, and then carbonation takes a little bit longer. And then I see. You know, well, your normal process, happen. all your your normal process, just doesn't get, get you quite there. That makes are, sense. Do you guys really? Uh, paid a lot of attention to like the yeast cell counts of when you're repitching because i know a lot of like with ipa brewers it's more like they're more concerned about under pitching like, than necessarily over pitching it's just at. like we're, well we make sure there's enough we're pitching by volume and, okay yeah we're not we're not doing cell counts right now although we're starting we have the equipment we're starting to pay more attention right now but historically we haven't done that but when you say you pitch by volume you're pitching by a some we have a graduated uh, a graduated you know five gallon bucket or whatever but how thick is that the thickness might vary well, right? we'll, we'll let right. it settle so we know exactly oh, where how thick you know, how because, much thick slurry we have okay. we, we adjust you know and it's again it's based on our experience the performance sure. of our fermentations hey. in the past mm-hmm. and we'll adjust the pitch for the, yeah. the gravity of the beer that we're doing why don't you do it the same okay. way every time you just look at yep. the results yeah. and we, and have, we have a chart on the wall you know for gravity and Perfect. how much we're going to pitch so yeah. we, we never really go cone to cone we go cone to fridge let it settle out and then to cone so we know exactly so it's a clear container so you can see the the depth of the cake exactly all right let's talk about this other beer in our glass before we take another break here we got the now it's the hop tanker that you guys brought up for us uh another double ipa and you thought this was going to be the one you'd send to the bistro is what you're saying right yeah this is the one that has you know before before hammerland came around this was this was our most popular beer um and, you know, it, it's it's a big, giant Nelson bomb. Nelson? Honestly. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, it's six weeks old, Nelson so it's, it's basically trash at this point. I don't think it's trash uh, at all. But I think it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> so we gave it to you. No, it's yeah. Little yeah. Little like, so we, <laughs> so we brought it to the radio show to talk about. <laughs> Good, because nobody listens. Uh, no, we just, uh, you know, we don't make this beer as often anymore, so it's it's hard to get out, but I wanted, you know, wanted to bring what's, something What's different. the ABV? 9.2. Yeah, it tastes like every bit of that. It does. Because it's, yeah. yeah. it's warmed up. Yeah. And, it, and it's a little warmer. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's showing. It's pretty showy. It's, yeah. it's a pretty showy beer anyway. Feels uh, like it, too. Yeah. It, it, the, the, the booze definitely shows in this one a little bit more than the Hammerland. Cool. Uh, and, I mean, you know, the first time I always I, the thing I always tell people is, like, the first time I ever tasted this beer, I mean, just brewed it. And Rob brought me over to the Bright Tank and hands me a glass off of the, uh, off of the tank and... I looked at him and I was like, "Dude, you overdid it. It's really it's too much." <laughs> <laughs> you, you overdid it, man. And then, and then all the reviews from everyone were like, "This is the most amazing beer ever." <laughs> Turns like, out right, that's so what I know where my wants. palate is. Yeah, yeah like that's it. always your assessment with Nelson based beers, though. Yeah, that's too true. much. Well, I think given the progression of the beers that we uh, have tasted of yours tonight, you could now serve me anything and it will taste the same. (laughs) Because now I do believe my palate might be wrecked. Well, we got Power Plant, you know, just not here, unfortunately. But that that one's 11.1, so, you know, you you would taste that one. (laughs) Did you say too much on that one? No, no, you know, it's a little different. Um, The booze is higher, obviously, you know, 11.1. It hides pretty well, but... It's the booze is there, but it's what mosaic Simcoe. This is the only one that we do like a giant cocktail of hops. This is mosaic Simcoe, Amarillo, Citra, Cascade, Chinook, Chinook and Bittering. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it isn't so dank the way Nelson is. Like the, Nelson to me, it's nice now for me because it's six weeks old. So it gets a little can. It gets like this orange marmalade thing going on that mm-hmm. I, I, I quite like. 
It's but, much more subtle, though. Yeah, it's way more subtle. Like when more when this beer is fresh, it is fucking cat box <laughs> all up in my face. Like, yeah. I just cannot. Good cat box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, but like a really good cat yeah. box. Yeah. Like, oh, man, cat cat box. Look at that cat. He just pissed in that box <laughs> over there. <laughs> Let's let it mellow out a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's just... I, I, I feel like that onion garlic cat piss thing for me is something that I'm I'm really sensitive to. Yeah, me too, man. And so when I get the beers that are that way, I, I'm just like, I'm like in my bathroom. Like I'm drinking the beer and I'm not actually there, but I'm in the bathroom scooping the box. Like, <laughs> Feels oh, like that. Onion oh, garlic right cat there. piss, I drink a glass of that. <laughs> <laughs> I always like hearing about beers like that, that that start out that way when you guys taste them at the brewery and they're fresh though and everyone's like, ah, oh, shit, we, we screwed this one up. And then a week or two later, it's... One of the best beers you've ever brewed. Then Happy you really like time. it. I love those stories because beer does change a lot pretty quickly, right? Especially IPA. I mean, the aroma in IPA changes, and especially it, early on. I mean, it, especially early on. Day, in the literally. first two weeks, it changes remarkably, and and the bigger the beer, the more it changes. As yeah. far as I'm concerned, I mean, that's what's so amazing is I, I'm almost considering power plant like kegging like ten days out or so before Bistro this year because when it first lands. No one listen to this, and please come to our day one on Friday. <laughs> yeah. No, no, day one's the best. Day one's, day one's absolutely the best. Come and buy them. Just wait a week for well, you. No, can, the day yeah. one thing is so cool, though, because if you come and you... and You like, you taste it that I day, it and then day. taste yeah. it 10 yeah. days later. Every day, I mean, you can't crack 22 ounces of an 11.1% triple IPA every day for 10 days. I, I, I wouldn't, well, I wouldn't can, Challenge but, uh, accepted. Yeah. I mean, come to the brewery and have... Four ounces every there day. There you go. Yeah, I mean, but that's it's it's so interesting to pour a couple ounces every day and be like, oh, that's so weird. Like that's totally different. Yeah. Or the hops like die off for a day or two. Like where you just like the, you don't even really get the aroma. And it's like, what the hell's going on? Oh, and it's back. Great, awesome. Um, so that that's really fun. It is it, it is amazing how much the the aroma well, compounds. And also in process too in the tanks. You know, we've learned. You know, like I said, we're learning everything as we went along, but. The aroma, you know, in the tank will change day by day. And there's mm-hmm. been times where, like, you know, we're four days out from where we're supposed to be, you know, transferring and packaging. And it's like, oh, shit, there's nothing there. There's no aroma. And, and we go into this panic and, you know, six days later, everything is okay. And, you know, now we've kind of learned, you know, you don't panic. You kind of trust your process. You trust your ingredients. You trust They're in there. And, yeah, it's in there. And, so, you know, it's, it's amazing. But it, it, it can literally... I mean, maybe it's in our minds. I don't know. But we've seen beers turn overnight. It's incredible. See, this is the part of the interview that I enjoyed with Henry from Monkish talking about this process where he freaks the fuck out and he's miserable. <laughs> and he's so stressed out about it because of what you're talking about. And uh, I do think eventually, right, we have to just relax. The beer's going to be yeah. fine. It's going to be all right. You've got to learn that, though. And there's, there's this thing, and I mean, I, I've had brewers roll their eyes at me when I say this. But well, there's this part that we call the hop trough and i swear it's it's real where these beers right after dry hopping maybe three days in are just ripping Mm. and it's like oh my god that's it and then for some period of time maybe the next five to you know seven days that aroma goes away like it's it's in the trough and then it comes back with a vengeance you know a few days after packaging Mm. what a strange thing you wouldn't forget i'm crazy but we haven't we've seen it over and over and over yeah Yeah, i think maybe physics is just different in el segundo i don't know (laughs) el segundo is a strange place man (laughs) too close to refinery well are your fermenters pretty narrow and tall or are they pretty they're just your standard off the shelf pretty um, pretty squatty typical yeah 60 degree cone from marks and premier we have a mix 
All right. It's Rob Croxel and Tom Kelly from El Segundo Brewing Company. Thanks for sharing beer with us today. Uh, I hope you'll hang out a little more if you don't have anywhere to be. Um, we got to do a little beer news and get on to some other things that we're going to do tonight. We're going to take ourselves a quick break now. But the beer has been awesome. Uh, what is it? ElSegundoBrewing.com. People can go check out more right now. That's the one. All right. ElSegundoBrewing.com. You can go look at that. And um, uh, you might meet them walking around GABF uh, next week. You can see them there. Or go see them at the tasting room in El Segundo. What's the address? 140 Main Street. There we go. Right on Main Street. Right on Main Street. Look at that. Two five busy Main Street, no Segundo. Nice. All right. Go check it out. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we got some beer news to do, and uh, we might drink some more beer with the El Segundo guys. And uh, hang in there. It's the session. We'll be back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewing Network. A few things happened 30 years ago. ARPANET migrated to TCPIP and the Internet was born. Revenge of the Jedi was renamed Return of the Jedi and opened in theaters. Mila Kunis and Emily Blunt were born, beginning a rad fantasy in my mind. But all of that pales next to the fact that HopTech opened its doors and began blowing homebrewers right out of their mash tuns. HopTech doesn't fuck around. Real people shipping awesome shit straight to you. Their new website is fast and easy to navigate. Or just call 800-379-4677 and let badass bitch Jade and the gadget guy Roberto blow their warm load of customer service all over you. So visit the site or visit the store in Dublin, California and support those that support you. Get your brewing on at hoptech.com. heard about White Lab's Pure Pitch Yeast. Pure Pitch is yeast grown right in its final packaging. That means yeast that has never been exposed to the environment. And White Lab's Pure Pitch Yeast for homebrewers is now available to everyone at homebrew retailers nationwide. Easy to use, perfectly sized, and ready to pitch. White Lab's yeast packaged using their FlexCell process ensures the purest yeast on the market. Visit whitelabs.com to learn more about Pure Pitch, FlexCell technology, and how it's created. Then visit a homebrew retailer near you for your own perfectly sized package of Pure Pitch yeast. And you can say hello to your own little friend. www.whitelabs.com When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it, too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for every beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone Certification Program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones know beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone Program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed 
and unpretentious. Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand. Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star solution. Visit fivestarchemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five star treatment today you're listening to the brewing network because like beer radio shouldn't suck all right welcome back to the program thanks for hanging out with us those of you who are listening live we had a nice long dinner break yeah. Maybe the best dinner we've ever had yeah. on oh. one of our shows. Yeah. Some good meatballs. Spaghetti and meatballs, right? At a catered event. It was really nice. Yes. Don't forget the artisanal bread. And yeah. the, and artisanal yes. bread. The bread was very good. I didn't even eat the pasta, I'm going to be honest. You didn't? You just went straight for the bread? Just, just bread. Bread and, and balls. Sauce and bread and balls. Yeah. <laughs> meatballs have like raisins said. in them. Who made the food for us? Uh, Rachel Zavella. Okay. Yeah. She killed it. She's executive yeah. chef over at the uh, Growler in Danville. Oh, right. But she set up other menus other places as well. She's pretty good. Well, those Danville people know how to eat. a big deal. Yeah, that was nice food right there. I think we might need more of her at the Hop Grenade. She'd be down there. She makes charcuterie, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's her thing. Well, that's your thing, too. It's my thing. thing. We didn't realize it was our thing together. Next next time it'll be charcuterie. (laughs) Bevo does a great job for dinner also. Mm. I think she does a great job at dinner. That's for sure. Oh, I'm not offended. This was really good. Was She's nice. totally oh, lying. Okay. Oh, was I was looking at her face when you guys right. were talking. And, and yeah. She's I lying. mean, ordering Togos is different. I'm He's just saying. <laughs> I was just trying to be nice. It didn't, look at her, look wasn't honest. Shut the fuck up, Shut Beardy. Shut the fuck up, Beardy. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So we got a few things left to do. We still got the El Segundo boys hanging out with us. In fact, I'm drinking another Mayberry IPA because I figured... I can't drive home anyway. I might as well keep enjoying good beer. <laughs> so I got another one. I really like this IPA. Uh, so I'm going to have that. we got to uh, do a little beer news. Before we do that, uh, don't forget to go over to Beersmith.com right now. Right now you get your free 21-day uh, trial of the Beersmith uh, home brewing software. Actually works for Pro Brewing, too. You can do almost anything you need to do with that software. You can uh, do all your calculations, stuff you didn't even know you needed to do. Go to Beersmith.com, get your free 21-day trial so you don't have to take my word for it. You can get your you – don't even have to pay any money. You can just forget about it if you don't like it. But you're pretty much going to like it, which is why he does it. We go over to Beersmith.com. Do you? Absolutely. You use Beersmith? Yep, have 
since I started homebrewing. It's really good, right? Yeah, we use it for everything, all our calculations and everything. And he keeps it up to date. Like, that's one of the things I always say that in our, in our reads about it, but it's true. He's like the guy, he's there keeping it up to date all the time. So, uh, yeah, I, I like to hear that. All right, beersmith.com, check it out. You don't have to take our word for it and get a free little trial. All right, Moscow, we're going to do some beer news. Yeah, lots to report. All right. It, well, was, it was a busy week, wasn't it? It was, yeah. The uh, Wine and Hop Shop in Madison, Wisconsin is bringing you the news from this busy week. So you guys have all heard that uh, Lagunitas is now uh, half-owned by Heineken, I'm sure. What? <laughs> <laughs> JP's a fan no, of that story. Partnership. partnership. Yeah. You're right. Well, that's, that's fine. That's half-owned. That's the same, it's the same word. It's not the same word. It's literally a different word. <laughs> half-owned, partner. Come on. We all know. The Dutch beverage giant has uh, bought a 50% stake in Lagunitas for a rumored $450 million. The financial terms of the deal have not been disclosed, but it's uh, rumored that Lagunitas was valued around $1 billion. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we're looking at a, about four fifty probably. Uh, the Allegiance will give Lagunitas a pipeline to a global market that it has just started to tap. Um, production for Lagunitas was at about 600,000 barrels of beer in 2014, up from 400 and 2013, and they're set to grow another 50% here in 2015. So they are growing at just an insane rate. They're exporting to Canada, Ireland, Japan, and uh, Tony McGee said that uh, Mexico is next. Lagunitas approached Heineken about the deal, not the other way around. You guys, oh, yeah? you guys know this? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, and I think I reported maybe, what, like a month or two ago that Lagunitas was looking to sell an equity right. stake, and I think they were courting, like, you know, Wells Fargo, not beer companies, per the report that I read. Sure. Uh, but they, yeah, they, I guess they approached Heineken, and that, that's who they struck the deal with. You know, at the Craft Beer Summit, I saw both Tony McGee and Dave Walker, David Walker, mm -hmm. Firestone. And all I had to say to them was, guys, what the fuck? <laughs> I can't get one scoop. I've known the both of you for fucking eight years now. I've done nothing but promote your breweries. I've done nothing but just talk about the praises of the weed-smoking Lagunitas guys and the fucking hippie Firestone Walker Central Coast guys. Not one of them could give me a call on the no. eve no. of the announcement or even the, the morning of the announcement and go, Hey, Justin, thanks for all the time you've spent talking about our companies. How about we come on the show and give you an exclusive now that we've both... Well, no you chance. know, so nothing. And I'm, I'm not I'm not exaggerating. I know. This was the conversation I have with both of them. I oh, looked really? him right in the face. I walked right up to David what did, what and I said, say? David, what yeah. the fuck? Because I, I, he just laughed, you know, Hi, you know, you're you right. You're right. I'm sorry. And I'm yeah. just like, yeah. And then he walked away and forgot all about you until the next time he sees you. <laughs> right. I think that's yeah. the problem. And the same with Tony. At least Tony smokes weed. So he's got a, you know, a reason to be so forgetful. <laughs> but seriously, guys, I mean, uh, how, how much how much right free right. promotion does one guy have to give to get a fucking scoop in the world. There's no limit, it, apparently. Instead of burning the bridge, why don't you offer hey, why don't you offer half of the brewing network to Heineken <laughs> or Duval? I guess I should have. Yeah. For $50. For, yeah. <laughs> That's our value. Our valuation is about 100 these oh, days. Well, you said it was $1,000 a barrel. That's the guideline, right? So right. We're, we're worth nothing. We're worth zero, zero dollars. Yeah. El Segundo, well, can I just ask, drink? can I go on record right now? Whenever, if ever, it, if you can, you if you're gonna sell, could you just give me the scoop? Yeah, I, I, you know, all you got to do is call me up and say, "Hey, 
Uh, we just announced. I'll commit to that right Thank now. Thank you. We're, 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 I'll, I'll commit to that right now. Yeah. Hey, so we're just, selling. We did, we're not going to tell you who. Hang up. That's it. <laughs> That's my scoop. We don't know right. So, Justin, you'll have an emergency meeting of lunch meat just to announce it. Just to announce it. I mean, Tony, the motherfucker, comes on the show uh, the night before he announces yeah. his IPA right. lawsuit. Yeah. In yeah. your face. By the way, I love that man. He is one of my idols in this business. But the fucker comes on 24 hours, yeah. 12 hours <laughs> yes. before. Oh, it was. Yeah. His, it was, uh, he was on this Monday program night. on a Monday night. On a Tuesday morning, he announces his lawsuit. It's true. Again. To Sierra Nevada. And if I remember correctly. To Sierra Nevada. And, I, and again, I call, I'm like, really, Tony? 12 fucking hours. You couldn't have just said it on the show. No. He was like, who are you again? And, and, you and, just and, did the show. You and getting it. scooped and trademark issues came up in the interview. Yes! And yet, nothing happened until the next morning. Oh Nobody takes God. us seriously. What do we have to do to be taken seriously? Do we have to act serious? Do well, I have to say fuck less? <laughs> what do I got to do? I don't know. You should, uh, as far as like how much free promotion you need before you get a scoop, I don't know. Ask Jamil. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. When Jamel opened his group, my own Jamel dropped it on another podcast. Yeah. Not even on his I'm, own show. I'm, on I'm, our show. I'm actually becoming resentful. I'm starting to become resentful. You deserve it. Greatly and emotionally. All right, so anyway, what the fuck did Lagunitas do? I don't care. Well, Lagunitas is going <laughs> to continue scooping us, and they're also going to continue operating independently within the U.S. They insist. They're keeping its management team. They're keeping the brewers, the recipes. Tony is yeah. staying on at the head of the helm. We have some, so. so Tony just, not only did you run into him on the floor of the summit, he, he spoke to the summit attendees, right? And he, he gave sort of an explanation when he was asked? Yeah, so what happened was he was uh, scheduled to give a talk before this uh, buyout was even uh, on the table. And so his talk was about, um, it was called Stories with Tony McGee. And it was a lot about opening the Chicago Brewery, which is really fascinating, actually. And we're going to have that video available for you tomorrow, I think, by uh, tomorrow about midday. But at the end, of course, there was a Q&A period. And I think the very first question, he didn't mention Heineken through the whole discussion, his whole 30-minute talk. Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, and I'm running the microphone around to people for questions. And I think it was the very first question I handed somebody. He goes, hey, so what can you tell us about the Heineken deal? And so Tony answered, it's about five minutes long, but I think it's worth a listen. I really liked his answer. And so we're going to play it for you right now. This is Tony from the Craft Beer Summit up in Sacramento this week answering, uh, what can you tell us about the Heineken deal, Tony? What can you tell us about the Heineken deal? <laughs> you, you know, most of, uh, most of the reporting out there, the, 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 the real media outlets, they exactly right. It's a, the Heineken is purchasing a 50% stake in Lagunitas. It's as simple as that. Uh, w w here, here's, here's what this produces. It produces, number one, I mean, you know, the, the, the headline is it produces a liquidity event for me and all of my shareholders. And these are people who've been sitting on, you know, an investment, the money they'd lent me back in 1998 with zero return except cases of beer on their birthdays and when they had barbecues and stuff for all of those years. Very, 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 very trusting. But, you know, everything has its limits. The business gets big. There's, you will feel the same pressure at some point if you succeed with your business that they want to start to see something coming back because they can see that the company is certainly feeding itself. So that's a real thing. Um, I'm 50 fucking five. So I just want to point out what I like about him from the start is he's not skirting the issue about getting paid. Like he just says, 
We just got paid. He used a fancy word. It creates a liquidity, liquidity event. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Pass the liquidity. <laughs> but what he's really saying is we got paid. I've had these investors that have been sitting on this shit for uh, 15 years now, I think is yeah. about the age of his company. And we got paid. And I like his honesty. Uh, there are other companies, some of them my favorites, uh, that haven't been quite so forthcoming with the details of their um, mergers or whatever they are. And that's their business, right? They don't owe me anything. But I like uh, I like the transparency. I already. do, too. It's really so, terrible but, that we've had – that it's become, like, something you have to stay mum about. Like, right. it, it used to be a good thing <laughs> if you got paid. If you, you were got, proud If you were it. successful. Yeah. 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 Ah, but it's the old, like, punk band thing right now. Now, he's about to I, go into another great answer, which I cut him off there. So I just want to point out that he's he's about to start talking about – by the way, I'm not getting any older, so fuck you. <laughs> and I really like this about him, yeah. too. So that's a real thing. Um, I'm 50 fucking five. You know, I mean, I'm, I, you know, I mean, you know it's like, you know, if you, uh, what's the movie? Um, uh uh, uh, Rumblefish, you know, there's a scene where Tom Waits is cleaning the table and he goes, eh, you know, you, when you're young, you can do anything, you're going to live forever. And one day you look up and you realize you've got, what, 20 good summers left. And you start thinking about it. It's not, it's not, a, it's not, a, it's not, a, it's not ephemera, you know? And so, so it's like, well, you know, what, what, what do I want to do the rest of my life, you know? I want to do something fucking exciting. And, and the business itself is exactly that. And so I want to see the world. You know, the things we all have done here in the United States, it's lighting up the beer communities all around the world. And why not go out there and participate with it? So so there's the headline thing of the liquidity. But you know what? We were able to kind of wait long enough that I got the value of the business so high that we only had to sell half of it in order for it to change everybody's lives. What could be better than that? I mean, my, 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 my investors are a retired school teacher, my veterinarian. I told you I got two dogs. You know, a dentist, uh, a, a designer friend of mine. I mean, these are just folks, you know, who had 50 grand in the bank that they, they took a chance on, on giving to me. So th- this is nothing. This feels better than anything in the whole world to do that. But we only had to, only had to kind of trade half of the company for that. But when I, went to the, when I went, began this process, I told myself that the first thing that would matter most, the primary consideration was structure. And if I could get the structure that I wanted, then I, all of my employees would have careers with opportunities that would have been otherwise undreamt of before that. Um, that the company would have a trajectory into the future, the brand, and if I'm lucky when I'm cold and you know pushing up the daisies myself, my name will somehow be out there in the world still per, you know, prevailing. I mean, that's, this is, the legacy is a great thing. And so I wanted to do something that had enough imagination to it that uh, that, that I could that could set a 50-year growth scene for everybody that works for the business. I don't expect to be 105. So it means that I think that long beyond my duration here, the business is going to have growth opportunities. And if in the United States, the whole of the United States becomes like Portland and Seattle, for instance, where we're still growing up there, but we're growing at 10 and 15 percent, and we're not growing at 30 and 40 percent because it's just crowded. There's a lot of players up there and a lot of people doing good work. So what happens when the whole country becomes like that? Well, so Lagunitas at some point down the road here, like most of us, will get pushed down to single-digit growth because it's just crowded. But I'm going to be selling beer in Belarus. We're going to be having a great time in Mongolia. You know, they have 23 breweries, brewing facilities in India. The opportunities now that the, the road is paved to the future. The most interesting, so that's primary with structure. Secondary, in, in order to achieve that structure, we would exchange some equity. So some, somebody that says that you have nothing invested, have said to me, I have nothing invested in a joint venture. 
I, I moved half the equity of my business into this. this uh, that's, that's a lot of money. It's a lot of value. And in exchange for that equity, money would come to us. So money was tertiary. And I, I'll say that till the, till the day I drop off. The money was good. And what the, but the money showed me, though, more than anything else, was the duration of the vision uh, uh, that, the, that the partner had for the investment. If they were only willing to pay a small chunk, it means they needed to make it pay on the next quarterly analyst call. If, if somebody like Heineken came in with a big number, it meant they were looking 10 and 15 and 20 years out. They were looking, the senior people there, they're looking beyond the time of their own careers. You know, and, and, and so, so money is tertiary. It's important. So, so is the equity. So is the structure. But structure was primary. And we achieved everything we wanted to, to get in this. And it's, this will change nothing for us at all in the United States. We might work with Heineken USA uh, on some national account calls. I don't know. You know, that could happen. But that was never part of the discussion. The discussion was Mexico, Argentina. You know, their, their, their two biggest markets are Vietnam and Nigeria. I mean, what does it take to go to market in Nigeria? I can't, I can't wait to find out. I mean, this is exciting now, you know. It's, I feel like I'm starting the brewery over again. So, and we still own half the company. And so somebody said, well, what happens if one of your shareholders sells one share? Now it's not 50-50 anymore. Just for what it's worth, there's a thing. That all, of the, all of the existing shares are held in something, an LLC called a founder's vehicle. And none of, the, none of the people within the existing shareholders can trade a single one of their shares. But in exchange for signing on to the founder's vehicle, they get this special dividend, which is the payout from the proceeds of the sale of 50%. So this is... This is, this is something that's never been done before, and it's not like any other, any other deal that's happened in craft yet. There may be lots more like this. I hope it's a paradigm, because what it does is it, it gives the craft brewery a, a, just a friction-free surface to move forward into parts of the world that are already thirsty for what we're all doing here on the West Coast. So that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> that's, that's all Thanks, Thanks for it. So I, I, I like his transparency. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like him. He, he doesn't have to tell us about the structure, but he did. I kind of like that. And I, I find it hard to argue with. I think the main argument that Tony's going to run into that most people say is, aren't you the guy who's been bucking corporate beer the whole time? Sure, yeah. You know, say no to corporate beer and this and that. And I, and I think that I don't, know what to, I don't know what to say about that. I think he's going to have a hard time uh, arguing against that. But the rest of it, how does that not yeah. make sense? How is that not like a normal thing for a normal business person who spent the last, you know, 20 years of his life trying to do this thing? And he, you heard him on this show talk about the, the struggle and, the, and that, mm-hmm. that as soon as you make more money, you spend more money. And, and it's just this constant thing. And paying off his original shareholders. Oh, yeah, that was uh, yeah. that was the best part of the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. That's the message to everybody that has a friend that wants to start a brewery that needs 50000 Like, hey, maybe <laughs> something you want to consider. Right. That means a lot to everybody in that room that was listening. I think I, you're I right. I also see everybody, half the people in that room, I bet, uh, don't like factory beer as well. But at the same time, if you ask the same people, well, would you take you know a, a buyout that would uh, you know liquid, liquidate? It would change your, your life. Friend, yeah. Change mm-hmm. your life forever. Maybe wouldn't want to even you know, be around beer ever again, and you're, you're a made man. They would take it. Yeah. What, I think you're right. So they're hypocrites as well. I really liked the candor in that message. What I wonder about is not necessarily just with Tony, but like the the first message that comes out is his whole lecture using Nietzsche and stuff like that, and all getting really philosophical and like kind of ignoring the motivations that he's revealing there, which are very important and are a success story. And it's nothing to be ashamed sure. about. Well, he has different and, levels of stones depending on which reporter <laughs> he was talking to yeah. at the time. Clearly, a, when he was quoting Nietzsche, he had fucking smoked a lot of weed <laughs> that day. 
And so to me, it just felt that message, the Nietzsche message, everything felt dishonest. This is what I think should have been the first. And it would have been very unique because I think that a lot of the breweries that are in this phase and are are selling out and getting liquidity Mm -hmm. and all that stuff, Mm -hmm. they're doing it in order to pay off the initial guys that took the risk 20 years plus ago. And that's totally fair. And it should be done. Yeah. But and why are they feeling so much pressure to be ashamed for it? Which I think is incorrect and well, I be think allowed. this is a point that Moscow has, it was making, and I've and Scott and I have talked about this before. Where there there is this thing all of a sudden where you're not supposed to be successful. Yeah, you're supposed to apologize for right. success. You know, if you pull up in an Audi, you're supposed to apologize for that. And if you if you've started from the you know you started in your garage like we did, and, and maybe one day we pull up in a Volkswagen. Uh, I don't know what. Uh, right? Like, there is this sort of air that we're supposed to apologize for these things. Uh, now, if you came from money originally, or if you just expected to have been loaded, or anything, yeah. no one has to apologize for that. You're only supposed to apologize when you've when you've crossed over, right? Yeah. So, uh, Occupy, dude. Uh, when you gotta do it. Fight for yeah. it. Camp, go camp in a park and, and uh, you know, rally against that exactly. shit. I don't There's see why you can't be successful and make good this. beer. It seems like agreed. People are coming to the point where you yeah. can't do both. I, I think. I think the real the reality of it is this: is that you know everybody tries to say that it's not going to change anything. That that that's where everybody goes with it, and I I don't think that's possible. Yeah, I, I, I'm really. I think the reality is everything changes at that moment. Sure. So I mean, you can say I mean, and maybe Heineken's not going to be involved at all in any of the operations of what's going on in in the U.S. And I I, I have no idea, but. You know, once once you have fifty percent or any sort of volume like that, mm-hmm. that's really minded about profits. It's half of a very large company. That's right? all they're so, looking yeah. at is profits. I mean, they don't yeah. really give a shit about the rest. You of got it. more number people than you ever had before looking at mm-hmm. your bullshit. So I do think th- that used to be what I say, and and I think that overall, maybe you're right. But I, I read an interesting article today over on the Full Pint. Dan, it was on his blog over there. I like the Full Pint, by the way. They used to provide our news for us, and they do a good job. And he was commenting about the Goose Island deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh-huh. Which has now been—it's now a few years old, mm-hmm. and of course, everyone was worried. Well, you know, there's a lot of fans of Goose Island, especially in the Chicago area. Yeah, will will it change? And he was pointing out that now what you see are arguments all over are actually whether or not they've gotten better, whether the beer has gotten better. You're talking about Bourbon County Stout. Well, there's Bourbon County Stout. And so I guess there are plenty of arguments about the Goose Island IPA and this and that and how, whether or not that's changed or, or gotten better. I would venture to say that most of us who were worried that Goose Island would change immediately and become a piece of shit were wrong. Well, I think AB stepped back, at least in such a way, yeah. to let the beer keep getting brewed. Um, I've, I've heard very different things from people who have Goose Island, like their core beers. Yeah. That their IPA is is definitely different, is and, different. and things are different. But, and worse? Uh, in a worse way, okay. yes. Yeah. A lesser quality. Uh, but their their barrel stuff, like the Sophie like the, and the Matilda and, the and shit County, like that, yeah. yeah, that I don't know. But like specifically those beers, they're cheap. And they're in Safeway, which is rad. And those are still good. Mm-hmm. But I've heard big, people who are big fans of the, the Goose Island IPA specifically don't like it anymore. And they I don't want to drink. And, and I don't know if it's just a mental thing right. where suddenly, you know, like the big band that sold out where their new single sucks sure. sticks, even though they haven't changed in 20 years. Uh, it's hard to say. But uh, I haven't heard anything that it's better. I've heard 
actually the opposite of that. Well, according to this article, he was citing things that were are people arguing both. Oh, cool. uh, so in the same type of places. That's cool. uh, I like the discussion. And, but I do tend to agree with you that how can nothing change? How can a, how yeah. can a company pay a half right. a million dollars it's, it's, for half of you and do, nothing right? changes? Well, the question is, is it going to change for the better or for the worse? Because, yeah. of course, it's going to change. Because uh, yeah. according to Tony, the only thing that changes is where it goes. Now it goes to Zimbabwe, mm-hmm. and it goes to Mexico, and it goes to India. And, well, uh, so is it possible that that might be true? Is that yes. is that a possibility? Mm-hmm. Yes. Sure, have that yeah. It depends on the structure. Built yeah. in LA too, so. yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The capacity's got to go somewhere. They already have their presence and their handles down there. So, right. yeah. you know, that, that beer's going to go somewhere. When I first heard the, the announcement, the, the first thing I thought, which is kind of what he confirmed and in, in, in I think was maybe more of the bigger issue, that craft beer in the U.S., it, the market's getting saturated. And you're not going to be able to grow as much as you, as you are yeah. now. Yeah, so in mm-hmm. 10 years, what's the U.S. market going to look like for a company that has three fucking production breweries? Yeah. They have, they're going to have three in 10 years. I mean, they, you know, they have two in their building. Three in right. three years. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. So where does that look? The only place to go is into Europe, where they already have a taste for American craft beer. Mm-hmm. And they have European breweries brewing American craft beer. And Stone's building a fucking facility over there. Yeah. And, all, and, and in the rest of the world, they want to be, they want to have that footprint. Because the U.S. market won't sustain what they want to do. Sure. And, and, and that's, and that's the, the uh, point that should be explored. But more when has it been about growth, right? I mean, that, that's the reality of it. Is, is it about growth or is it about making yeah. great beer? No, it's, and, it's, and I don't think, that, yeah, I don't think moment, you can do both. I don't think you can just say, like, oh, we're going to grow in quadruple dip digits for yeah. so long and, and, and maintain quali- quality. Why not? I, I just, well, if that's the case, for it, if that's the case then Lagunitas had, had, had been going the wrong way long before Heineken came along mm-hmm. because they were self-admitted about growth over the last, like, five years. He was I, like, I want to take on the world and I want to go for it. So if growth is actually the evil, he was already evil. Right? I, I'm not talking about evil. No. I, I'm just saying... Maybe the beer wasn't as good as it was five years ago. As a bit before that, I see. Yeah, I, I I just you know there's a reason that people come to small breweries like ours. Yeah, and there's a reason that hoppy beer's better when it's a month old. And Lagunitas can't do that. I mean, they can they can do their born yesterday thing and get it out there in one shot. But like Lagunitas IPA, I guarantee you, like you go to some spot in Minnesota, yeah, that shit's fucking ten weeks old. And it's, so, garbage, yeah. and it's not the same product that it was Probably, yeah. that it was when it was when you were in Petaluma and you were going to the tasting room and you're like, wow, this is a bitching company and da da da. da. And the company has changed at its heart when, when you sell fifty percent of it to Heineken, and that, that's just how I feel. I mean, I, I, I don't, you know, I think well, you're, it's valid. There, there's a reason. There's a reason why the definition of craft is what it is, and it keeps changing. And blah blah blah. The Brewers yeah. Association keeps telling us what it is, but. It, in my heart, and what I've always said it, is that the essence of craft is that quality comes before anything else. And when you sell that much of your company to a profit-driven company, all, all companies are profit-driven. You can't. You no, don't no, have, no, 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 you don't no, have no, no, a company sorry. if you're. I'm not sorry. Our, our company is not profits first. Our company is quality, family, profit, and that's the way it works. And if you go to a company that is profit-driven, and Heineken is nothing but profit-driven, you can say whatever you will, blah, 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 blah. It's not about quality. It's not about family. It's not about anything else. It's about profits. They have shareholders. We don't have that. Yeah. And you're not beholden to that. And once you are beholden to that, there is no way. It is the fundamentals of business. Once you are beholden to that first, that's the way it is. You don't consider yourself a shareholder? Well, no, to be clear, we, we do have shareholders, but... Well, I, I, I think profit-driven maybe isn't the right word. Right. If you put profits before quality, then you then you fall down that hole. 
when we talk about our expansions and, and growing, the first thing is we talk about, you know, how do we maintain what we're doing right now? Because that, that's really what counts. And we can't give that up along the way. So that's always the first consideration. Mm. And I know I personally struggle and I look at, you know, breweries that have grown over the years. And I have a hard time, you know, picking a brewery that's gone from a small scale like we started with and, mm. and then has gone really big and really continued to make beer that I enjoy. Okay. And I mean, mm-hmm. I really struggle coming up with a single name. That have gotten larger and the beer still they've quality, gotten, the same quality. Much, much longer than much, much yeah. larger than they're still really. So, so By the way, with the size of El Segundo, the city, if you guys go too big, you'll have to take over the whole city. Like real estate wise, <laughs> you'll actually just be El Segundo. Well, and, and to that point, I want to say uh, hello. You ever heard of a breed called Coors? Yeah. You fucking asshole. Yeah. yeah. That's your quality uh, example. We fucking partied hams last night. You know the quality. I do know the quality <laughs> of hams. I know it's, it's, certain, it's certainly consistent. It, it, I know the consistent quality so of hams. Of yes. course, grows and grows. And then actually, they just closed a brewery. Oh. Uh, so they're not growing so much. But, they're, you know, look, the quality of <laughs> That time there. they grew. The time that they grew was amazing. See, I, I always argue the quality point. People always say it's crap. You know, it's really not crap. The beer's perfect every time. It's no. just a boring product. Yeah, if you want crap here, try my homebrew. <laughs> 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 I mean, yeah. Can I to that? Well, yeah. and it's very consistent. That's <laughs> consistently it's crappy. Consistently See crap. You next Tuesday. It really is. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, it's Good all we can do is uh, is speculate, uh, uh, of course, because it all remains to be seen. And now, as my friend Sully said uh, from the Twenty First Amendment, this is the age of consolidation. So mm-hmm. it's happening even faster than I thought. Now yes. I just chuckle every morning. Now yeah. I wake up and I go, yeah. "I mean, we haven't even wow. talked about St. Archer yet. What just happened at St. Archer? Right. I know you're, you're stealing That's the news uh, thunder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I will say this: uh, I know a lot of people at Lagunitas. Uh, they've always been very nice to me. Uh, I, uh, Tony, to me, is I, I really like the way he thinks about business. So I hope for the best. Me I too. hope that this, uh, I enjoyed the speech that he gave there, the answer to the question. I hope it's true. Yes. And uh, mm-hmm. I do wish them the best. If the beer is the same in, in 10 years and, and, and more of it is going around the world, God bless him. Um, yeah, maybe the beer in Minnesota won't be, uh, you know, a month, two months old anymore because their distribution network is so vastly improved. Yeah. All of a sudden, it's four days old in Cold Spring. You know, I'm just saying. I will also just say again, when we put up this video of his whole talk, which had nothing to do with the Heineken thing, but just about building the Chicago brewery, it's really fascinating, that story, too, and how they got it built and how he did it for about a million dollars less than everybody said he could. And he had all of these very simple ideas um, where he turned down government money um, in lieu of getting a... uh, lubricated process instead and he made just some very simple decisions he's a good stoner businessman is what i'm getting at (laughs) and so listen to the thing uh, watch what we put up tomorrow and see what you think because i I like what he i do really appreciate too that he i mean not taking government funds that's a that's a that's a pretty awesome move he has a really cool story about it in that video and it's funny the way he tells it too and then when you listen to the rationale behind it and how he was able to build his brewery in about 11 months instead of 18 to 24 um you just think shit man this stoner's smart (laughs) so check it out all right well uh yeah alluded to it a second ago miller coors they bought a majority stake in saint archer out of san diego uh saint archer's only two years old 
already getting bought out by big boys. Yeah. So they are, which mm-hmm. is something that I had brought up to somebody this weekend, too. I thought, what the fuck? Why St. Archer? But I think maybe you have a statistic in your news story. <laughs> they were That's a pretty solid bet. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, they're one of the fastest growing uh, startups uh, ever. Yeah. yeah, they were built to do in, that. In, in, what, in the beer world. And you know what? Yeah. The first beer that came up here that I ever saw, they're Blondale. Okay. Speaks to a lot of uh, how tastes are changing from shit IPAs. No, no offense. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Stop making IPAs yeah. and, you'll, and you'll sell out faster. Oh, you'll sell out. Faster. You are receiving the best death glare I have ever seen. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm beardy right do, now. Do you have a number in that story about their growth? Because it was enormous. Over- yeah, I have some barrelage stuff. Yeah, they're on pace to sell 35,000 barrels uh, this year, 2015. That's more than double 2014. So that's, that's the fastest brewing, growing brewery. So company. as a three-year-old brewery, to do double More growth, like and, yeah. and by the way, it's not double from like five to ten. It's double from fifteen to thirty or thirty-five. Yeah. So anyhow, I just that's a factor in choosing who who you buy. Sure, yeah, you can mm-hmm. double a quarter easily, but it's hard to double a dollar. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, deal is expected to be completed in October. Financial details were not disclosed, and I didn't I didn't even read anybody estimating, so I really have no idea what they paid for it. But I guess we can use your thousand uh, dollars a barrel and Jeez, go thirty five thousand. Right what is that? Thirty five million dollars? Yeah. Whew, that's a lot of cheese for a two year old company. I bet mm-hmm. it's right around thirty five or forty mil. I bet you'll find it right there. Yeah. Uh, there, uh, they see a, a prudent opportunity. I'll, you know, the people are, are rooting for. I'm getting the vibe. A lot of people are rooting for the Lagunitas Heineken thing to work out, at least from like the Full Pine and other stuff I was reading too. Because um, they have street cred, right? And that's an opportunity to um, go to strong performing craft beer uh, to bring. I don't know what I'm saying here. To bring it to global markets is more of a sort of disappointment vibe I'm getting with this deal because they're seeing it like Miller Coors bought out and is going to take over the operations of St. Archer as right. opposed to partnering with it. Right. I think there are two factors at work. One of them is that St. Archer doesn't have any street cred. The street cred from St. Archer, they have this weird story. And by the way, I like St. Archer beer, and I like some of the brewers that work there. They're friends of ours, too. But they have this weird story of, like, it's a bunch of skaters or something, like some some pro skaters that that threw a bunch of money into it, clearly as an investment. uh, Bootstraps. Which was, like, yeah, which was a smart move on their part. uh, Let's invest in something that's on the rise. And so they have this weird kind of background, but they were making really great beer as well and poised themselves to be um, this great brewery, but they have no street cred. Right. Like uh, a Tony and the Lagunitas crew at least have built up this, this kind of reputation. But then the, the second part, right, is that St. Archer sold out wholeheartedly, like a uh, 10, 10 tank, 10 barrel, 10 barrel. 10 barrel. whatever the fuck, yeah. Uh, like they just <laughs> 10, sold, 10, like 10. they sold the whole thing, and so now we just wait to see what AB uh, does with 10 barrel, and, and in this case, we wait to see what Miller Coors does with St. Archer. With Lagunitas, we wait to see what the two entities do together, right? right. So there's, I guess there's just a little more optimism. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's like well, Lagunitas can build their own breweries and do their own operations, whereas St. Archer is probably just going to get brewed at Miller Coors breweries now. Yeah. yeah. So this is another thing I read in this Full Pint article. Um, because they're, I think they're San Diego-based, and St. Archer is basically down there in San Diego, yeah. that there's kind of this betrayal thing in the in the San Diego brewing community. They're like, well, wait a minute. Mm. Are you one of us or not? Were you a small brewery part of this uh, like San Diego thing, or are you not? And with a sale like this, yeah. fucking socias, the man. answer is you are not. I, fucking <laughs> socias. It seems very contrived. Contrived. This yeah. sale? Yeah. Like, like, well, like, like the whole thing years. was... 
Oh, I had no idea we were going to get an offer from Miller Coors. My, my lord. Like it was the plan, right? I love I your know, exit. Yeah. Oh, I, my lord, I, lord. No. What has happened here? So you feel like Miller Coors went to the owner well, and they were, like, here. they were like, look, if you guys only opened a brewery, I think might buy in a couple years. I think Miller Coors, well, yeah, exactly, went to the skaters and was like, hey, guys, we have How this about uh, start really here? great idea. I remember when they first started, uh, somebody, we you know, we were doing our Instagram and are doing our whole thing, and, and some guy, some random guy doesn't know beer, came up to me and was like, you know, you should really take a look at that St. Archer uh, Instagram. They got like 35,000 followers. Yeah. And they're only like um, two months old. And I was like, uh, yeah, they, there's like a, they got like three dudes that have been on X Games. Like, right. I, I'm like, yeah. I, 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 nobody gives a fuck what I want to say. Half right, their yeah. followers are 17. <laughs> <laughs> and the other half are bots. <laughs> so I think that's an interesting point, which I thought about, too, that maybe the entire concept was, was built from no, the ground no, up to a, do this. That's everybody's impression. Is Who was sponsoring them Which, by the way, is beforehand. a very normal thing. Uh, uh, no, that's nobody. Yeah, they weren't like X no, Games kind of. Yeah, they were Miller- X Gamesy, and then they started the brewery. Yeah, but so wasn't Miller Coors maybe? Oh, ba- oh, I see what you mean. Were they sponsored? Oh, good. Or at least talking to them a little bit beforehand. So, frankly, in the rest of the business world, that's how things are done. You you do yeah. start a company to be bought. Like that's, that's what, the point. That's what's happening. Yeah. I mean, that's what's happening. Yeah, maybe the skaters beer. had Miller Coors backing or something. Yeah, they yeah that's what hooked them up. Right. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, with the booming craft beer industry, it makes sense that there are going to be capitalist investors, like venture capitalists, that are going to want to get in, invest a lot of money in a brewery, and get a quick turnover yes. selling to one of these big guys that are going to look to buy them out for Yes. If I wasn't return, such a fucking moron, I would have uh, started some app company, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I would have built all these... B- but the whole point would have been to get bought after five years of this bullshit yeah. in my garage. Uh, and then to get bought, and you, you know, you sell out for 50 or $100 million. Dollars. Well, That's but just, it's just, we just haven't seen it in craft beer yet. No. This might be the first ground no. up. In fact, you're starting to see it more and more often. People yeah. We should be studying it. Obviously getting yes. in for different reasons than a lot of us start our breweries. Yeah. Man, I got a it's bunch of ideas for apps. Had. Let's go. Let's do this thing right now. No, I got, I got four in my head right now. Let's do it. And yeah. With the Miller Coors being the ones to buy them out, the Sandlot, which is Division of Blue Moon, Division of Miller Coors, is one of my favorite craft yes. breweries in the United States. That place, that place so is amazing. If Miller Coors can foster that, I don't think they would ruin St. Archer necessarily. So yeah. I, I think no. of the big guys, I have... Maybe the most faith in them of I mean, actually keeping it. They, wow. they would be okay. they would be stupid to do so. But I, the the thing the the scary thing is like like they could do any like they could do anything like <laughs> what do you want like, like oh what uh, you don't know you're gonna make double IPA so uh, what hops do you want let me uh, just uh, let me just call up to Yakima and get whatever you want no problem but I they also have me. the buying power of Miller Coors well that's what I'm too. saying they can just get whatever they want and, and they can do whatever they want and they just crush so now you're worried about it being a competitor of St. Archer well if they're making awesome double IPA I mean that, <laughs> that, that double but, yeah. IPA won third place behind us at the Bistro. They're, they oh, won. Wow. They got third place at, at Bistro this year. No one will ever drink double AP. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a dying style. Dying style. Uh, and so if the big boys really get into it. I don't think the why worry. Don't they, why don't they really get into it? Why don't they? Uh, well, why why haven't they? Why, why are they buying Ale. breweries when they really just need to buy brewers? Remember American Ale? The Budweiser thing that they tried to do with Kraft? Fine. Okay, fine. But it was a slightly watered down version of an amber ale. Right, so fine. they're not doing it. I don't think they have the people who, that... that that know 
It, I think I think it comes back to the money people. There's too many money people in control of the ingredients and stuff, so they're not. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Those like, okay, okay, but Tasty asked a good know. question that's kind of oh, hammering I, I, on what you're talking about. He yeah. said, why bother buying breweries? Why not buy brewers? Well, here, here's what. When, when I, and now maybe you get the people who can figure this shit out. I, I, I could find you, uh, I could say I'm a headhunter. I could find you a, a production planner, uh, a uh, sales guy, and a, and, a, and a top-notch brewers that know how to hire and, and, and put a staff together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if I had unlimited funds, I mean, that, that would be just a no-brainer. That would actually happen. You'd be making beer as good as anybody. Why doesn't Millicores just fund that? Mm-hmm. Well, I think because they have the, you have a lot of bean counters ahead. Going well, we're not right. going to we're not going to do I that. We would rather buy uh, a, a, a brand proven concepts that have a brand that we don't have to do all the street walking and all the whatever. What's I don't the know, backstory to this project? Would they, be they don't have all a of brand. That. Yeah, they just yeah. go. I want an existing mm-hmm. brand, so so we don't have to fight for right. customers. They have built in customers. They have a built-in distribution network. Oh, they have no, a built-in, no, that's a you know, value for sure. Well, that's, I don't you, think that's it. When I, when I was up at Davis, we had one of the execs from uh, Miller Coors come in, and that was what, five years ago. And you know, of course, it's all these craft beer guys in the room, and everybody's making their cracks about the beers. And mm-hmm. He said, "Hey, don't don't kid yourselves. You know, we can make." Same beer you make, and we can make it better and more yeah. consistent every single day. Mm-hmm. The problem is that we don't know how to sell it. And he was perfectly mm-hmm. honest with that. We don't have this a story. Is, so mm-hmm. this is their approach right here. You know, They don't know how to sell it. They don't yeah. know how to do it from the ground up, but they do know how to buy something. Yeah, I was going to say they, they need the indie feel. That, mm-hmm. that, that's what's selling. Thing. And, uh, yeah, we're all sitting here talking about St. Archer and Lagunitas and da-da-da-da-da. 98% of the people in the world have no fucking idea this happened. Right. 98% right. of the people in the world aren't listening to this. So. Well, not right. even just listening know. to this, but they don't even know what happened. Like, I, yeah. you know, I, I, my, my good friends who drink craft beer and hang out and blah, 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 they're, they're in Philadelphia. And I'm back over the summer. and We're hanging out. And she's like, you know, people, people bring me beer that... They think like, oh, this is gonna impress him. Like, let me, let me, let me buy something. And she comes and she's like, I bought this three twelve pale ale from Goose Island. And I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> okay, great. No clue that this is an Anheuser Busch product, right? Yeah, like not. And, and this is brewed at Anheuser Busch plants. This is not. This is no longer mm-hmm. brewed in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, like the barrel aged stuff, all that stuff is still like that, very well taken care of. But like that's what's happening. Sure. And people have no clue. And. As a as craft brewers, like we're we're finding that we need to fight. I, I mean, I feel like we need to fight that. It's sort of back to fighting that we're craft brewers now. Yeah. Well, and who's craft brewers? Yeah. I mean, and, right. I mean, by definition, what's the difference? By definition, yeah. Lagunitas is no longer is craft now brewer. no longer. Yeah. Now, because is that what it is? It's it, if you're over more like than thirty percent. Thirty percent. That's what I was trying to remember. What it was. Yeah. So no longer. And I mean, yeah. and I've argued for a while, like. Stone, Ballast Point, blah, blah. Those guys, those companies are nothing like our company. Yeah. Regardless of quality and who owns it and blah, 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 blah. If you're brewing a couple hundred thousand barrels, yeah. you're nothing like a company that brews three or four or five thousand barrels. Like the, 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 the companies are just not, they're, sure. they're not the same. But they're not the same. But are they better or worse? Or uh, no, I, I'm no not, different? that's not what I'm saying at all. You know what I mean? And, and some of them are maybe like, like for me, I mean, if you're, t- you're asking me, like Sierra Nevada, like they could whatever could happen, and they could they could be brewing 15 million barrels. And <laughs> they're, they're still they're, a crapper, yeah. Their yeah. beer's amazing. I agree with they're you. Just like 100, percent everything's all about quality. But like you know, that's that's a benevolent dictator over there. Yeah, you know what I mean, like Ken Grossman, and he's going to hand it off to his his son. And, and when is Dick gonna Cantwell going to open a? <laughs> 
another brewery. <laughs> didn't, he, didn't he just sell like yeah. a cider company or something like that? Recently? No, that was the Goose Island Son. Goose Island. Oh Son yeah, the right. former brewmaster yeah. opened a cidery called. The name is interesting too because the name is like. Um, Green Day, it's like resentment so cider so company, or kind of. Yeah, no, it it, it's like independent it? cider company. It has a name that's yeah, like. What is the name? It was hearkening to like F you. I'm still free, and then he just sold it to Vir- AB. Virtue, no. virtue. <laughs> yeah, the there one, you go. Yeah. It was Virtue Cider Company, right? And I was like, oh, well, money has a virtue. Well, so, I, I wonder how many people were gonna see start doing more of the Greg Hall thing as more of these buyout stories happen. I'll. A lot of the people, uh, at least some of the people that are getting bought out, are still going to be craft brewers at heart, and they started for the quote unquote right reasons. Yeah, and they just have an offer that's too good to turn down, and they can be made men. That doesn't mean that they're all going to buy yachts and head to the Bahamas. Right. A lot of them are going to turn around and start yeah, new breweries. <laughs> I should have opened Hop Grenade Brewery five fucking yeah, years ago, yeah. and I would sell it tomorrow for I don't give a shit. But yeah. you you would $20. buy the yacht and head to the Bahamas. But oh, yeah, a lot I'm of people here. wouldn't do that. Dibs <laughs> on cabin. Boy. I'd have a flag with a middle finger on it too i don't even care i've done enough for craft beer yeah i don't i i personally don't give a shit if people sell out or not it just depends if the if i'll like the brand if the product changes or if it doesn't change you know what i mean like that's my determining factor i don't care if you get paid or not i want you to get paid you just want the same beer that you liked before how many times in your life do you get the opportunity to pocket a million dollars like if you go in and go i'm not going to sell for less than fucking five million (laughs) dollars And they go, how was that million? I'll take it. <laughs> Even though it's five times less than what you wanted or four times less or mass or Plus whatever. Plus you're only keeping like 550 of that. Doesn't matter, uh, right? Yeah. yeah. But how many times in your life will you ever get the opportunity? So do it I'm and live seven life. Times. Go yeah. live. Go do something. Agreed. Stop, stop being poor. Like poor Dave at Flat Tail. That guy's poorer than me. <laughs> And he owns a fucking brewery. And no one's ever going to offer him a million. I'll offer him a million dollars to shut his mouth. Right. And he would take it. But like, but, but he, and he suffers for his art. Yes. You know? And it's like, uh, you know, fuck that shit, dude. Sell. What are you doing, stupid? Just makes me want to drink more IPA. This whole conversation makes me want to drink more double IPA from El Segundo Brewing Company. Independently owned. Right. And when they sell, and they'll sell it here not for sale yet. The double IPA is the only one that you'll be able to drink because the regular IPA just kicked. Ah, well done, Hop Grenade. Nice. All right, anything yeah, else imperative? But, uh, not imperative. They're kind of fun. You want to do a couple more or you just want to move on? How about pick one that's really good? All righty. In Zimbabwe. We're moving on then. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's the Twitter least. game. No, one more. It's good. In, this is in, uh, in Zimbabwe. Breakfast cereal has been banned from boarding schools because students have been using it to brew beer. The Zimbabwe. Vivo, please, please. The Zimbabwe Chronicle said at, said at least three schools in the southern part of the country have warned parents that oats and cereals made with sorghum would be confiscated when term began last week. Uh, the paper noted, quote, pupils reportedly mix the cereals with brown sugar and yeast and leave the mixture to ferment in the sun, creating a potent alcoholic mixture, which the pupils drink right under the noses of the school's authorities. Gross. Uh, it said that uh, wow. Tenyasin Hablanganaga High School in Bulwayo sent text messages to parents notifying them that powdered cereal and oatmeal would no longer be allowed at the school. But the only parent with a phone didn't check his text messages. So, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of stupid, right? Because now that they know how to do it, you can ferment anything. Well, so no apple, packets no, no apple of sugar and... Sugar. They've been doing it for centuries. Schoolyard hooch. But the yeast needed the sugar from the brown sugar. The oats are... Yeah, exactly. They banned the cereal. So yeast and brown sugar are still available. So now they're just making... 
less healthy prison one. Shouldn't, <laughs> shouldn't we be praising these young minds for figuring yeah. out how to solve Ingenious. problems? Hey, I in, mean, in 20 years, yeah. Heineken's going to buy fucking <laughs> Africa? The elementary school. Yeah, click clack, yeah. fucking count chocolate stout or something like that. <laughs> click clack. I don't know. Right. Yeah, right. That, that's what's funny. The, the way the article ended is uh, a great sentence. Underage drinking is a growing concern in Zimbabwe. Yeah. Which, uh, among many, many concerns, perhaps yeah. this is... Yeah, they're, they're really like, ingenious. What am I eating they for breakfast praised. tomorrow? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't, like, genital mutilation yeah. also a concern? Yeah. That's a distant well, like, 47 yeah. on the list. And, like, death to uh, albinos. Yeah, Albinos are being murdered. There's, like, some serious and stuff. A, all By the way, stuff. didn't Tony say in his thing, like, oh, I can't wait to figure out how to sell beer in Zimbabwe? Yeah, Nigeria. I think he said Nigeria. Oh. Nigeria. Which, I think, whatever. Aren't, isn't there a city in Nigeria? I don't know. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't think either really exists, let's be honest. <laughs> All right, that's the news brought to you by the Wine and Hop Shop, which probably does not approve of the content in uh, the segment you just heard. <laughs> they're, they're locally yeah. owned and operated uh, for over 40 years, wineandhop.com. They're up in Madison, Wisconsin. Use the code BN Shipping in the notes field at uh, checkout uh, in the shopping cart. You'll get uh, $8 flat rate shipping on orders under 50 pounds. And they wanted me to mention that they now carry Omega Yeast and Giggy Yeast. So hit up wineandhop.com. Actually, Beautiful. I just saw on Yahoo they got bought out by Amazon. Oh. 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 We're going to take a very fast break. In four minutes, you're going to hear Drunk of the Week voicemails. Plus, we'll say bye to the El Segundo Brewing Boys. And I'm going to have another IPA. Wow. Oh, no, double IPA. Double. Weird. Triple eight four zero one beer if you want to call in and play along. Hang in there. It's the session. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Beer tasting games that train your palate, a brewery locator, and the brand new interactive beer style guide. These are just a few of the awesome things you'll find on craftbeer.com. The style guide is a beautiful example of technology in beer. Browse beer style families or turn on the automatic beer style finder and explore beer through color, bitterness, ABV, aroma, and flavor. It's really the coolest way to explore every beer style besides having them all in front of you. Go to craft beer.com and click on beer styles to start the guide plus enjoy the rest of craftbeer.com the brewers banter blogs beer education how to host a beer tasting and the invaluable draft quality manual tons of great content that makes your beer better visit the new craftbeer.com right now and explore the website that brings you all the passion camaraderie and creativity of the craft beer community craftbeer.com celebrating the best of american beer are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all grain brewing, but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises? Blickman Engineering has the answer. The Blickman Brew Easy All Grain Brewing System. The Brew Easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design, perfect for any size brewing location. At its core, the Brew Easy is built on two gorgeous Blickman Boilermaker brew kettles, a high temperature March pump, and either a top tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater. The Brew Easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack 
stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20-gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your BrewEasy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman Kettle Cart. The BrewEasy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your BrewEasy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new BrewEasy all-grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new brew easy williams brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies since 1979 williams brewing has offered the finest equipment and the freshest ingredients backed by the best customer service in the business do you like to mash using efficient fly sparging but would like an easy way to heat your strike and sparge water enter the new brewer's edge electric mash water heater a plug-in anywhere precisely controlled heater for strike and sparge water. Ditch the fumes and second burner and make mashing easy. Go to williamsbrewing.com today and browse their vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific Time weekdays ship the same day. Brewing is easy the Williams way. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanisha, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we were able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of citra and Columbus hops at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. To find Heretic Beers near you, click on Find Some at hereticbrewing.com. Segmented. Demented. Fermented. Fermented. It's the session. All right, welcome back to the program, and thanks so much for hanging out with us. Thanks to El Segundo Brewing Company for being with us all night long and sharing great beer. Uh, we drank them out of Mayberry IPA here, which I'm sort of proud of because that was a full keg at the beginning of the night, so we did well. Uh, hey, don't forget a couple of things. Uh, you can go over to craftbeer.com right now. I've got this cool thing right now uh, that you can look up craft beer seasonals uh, for 2015. And, you know, seasonal beer is always a, a good time. And craftbeer.com has been doing great things to help us find more information about beer. And if you click on their seasonals tab right now, uh, you can actually go by region. Like you can click on the Northeast or Central or Pacific um, and then just scroll through what uh, featured craft beer seasonals might be in your area. So I was on Pacific earlier. We got some from Sudverk right here up uh, in Davis, not too far away from us. Um, something from a brewery in Redding, California. Uh, I got a little Portland, Oregon beer. So go to craftbeer.com right now, and you can check it out by clicking on the Craft Beer Fall Seasonals tab and check it out. JP, you looked like I was blowing your mind right there. Well, you were. Well, I was, I was watching the chat room and making fun of your glasses, and then I missed, like, the first... 10 seconds of whatever you were saying, and I didn't mm. understand what was happening, and now oh, I, I get it. Yeah. yeah, now I understand. Yeah. Now you get it. Unless I got that mm. jab in about you 
and yeah. clarify and my glasses. Point. Yeah. yeah, old man. I, don't, I mean, it's not even a jab. Uh, they're fucking reading glasses, which who everyone sucks that I have to wear these things anyway. Yeah. Is am I really going to go home tonight and go? Oh, <laughs> they didn't like my reading glasses. God. Yeah, I think you would actually. Yeah. What a loser! You can't even see good. Yeah. You can't even like see yeah, things. He can't good. see good. The scars on your arm. Yeah. Uh, the scars on your arm tell a different story. Just stupid. God, look at Justin's glasses. What a lame-o. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's do drunk. <laughs> I'm so stupid. I hate us sometimes. Uh, I yeah, hate people. Too. I hate my job. Yeah, me too. I love El Segundo. I'm glad you guys are here. Yeah, they're Bye. okay. They're all right. <laughs> all right. Um, what? what? Drunk, of the, drunk of the Week voicemails. God. Yeah. We have like three weeks worth, don't we? Yeah, there's a bunch. I tried to call in from Burning Man. Um, that was oh. you? It just sounded like me high. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah. He was talking to a, a, a bongo drum. <laughs> yeah. Why do you suck? <laughs> me trying to figure out the meaning of I life. I fucking hate drums. <laughs> That's my, that was my whole phone call. Someone told me yeah. to pound sand, so I'm doing it. The ecstasy isn't working. I still don't like drum circles. <laughs> uh, Justin, you're snorting sand. I don't get it. <laughs> all right. What do you got? Uh, all right. Here's a quick one. He's not going for drunk of the week, but uh, here's a follow up from. Uh, remember our friend uh, B Double E? Oh, <laughs> yes, I remember him. Hey Scott, I am. He, he addressed me directly from the drunk of the week. Line. He's like, hey Scott, it's, it's your Scott, phone number. I am B. Please don't air all my shit because I was going through a breakup and I got real wasted a couple times a week, but. No, I say fuck it. Air it all. And air this if you want to. Uh, it like decides mid phone call. Yeah. Yeah. I've thought it over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you hear the end where he yeah. said lunch meat forever? Did you guys catch no, that? he didn't. No. Uh, okay. Well, he, you know, the, uh, when he was he was pawning and it kicked in right <laughs> mid phone call. All the vodka hit his anus. Yeah, I love I love the uh, all the schizophrenia of our college. So I was thinking, don't uh, don't play all my stuff. Um, Fuck it, play it. I've thought it over. You should play it all. Everybody inside my head was saying. Maybe we should have a 900 number for therapy. Then we can make money on these people. Pawning? Is that what that's called? It's a thing. I know it's a thing, but I didn't know that. How do you know it's a thing, Bevo? Have you done it? He's been doing it since Yes, actually, I do it all. That's what I'm doing now. Um, No. Doing it right now. I've got a bottle of Alize. In my bum. She leaves the string in the bottle, so it's continuously wicking up. That is disgusting. No, how do I know about it? I've been on this show for eight years. Oh, good call. There you go. I've learned things from you that I never wanted to know. I've lost so much innocence. By the way, Rob and Tom, it's too late. Um, The content of the show that goes from here on out is forever associated with you and your interview. (laughs) So, like it or not, here you are. Congratulations. What else uh, do we have? forever <laughs> thank you uh all right here is one from blobber uh, where are we at i can't play a tune on the keyboard so i'm gonna sing it to you this is mary had a little lamb, little lamb <laughs> he left the room od <laughs> <laughs> it goes on and on. Like this. 
I just love him so much. <laughs> it's not even the same. La, 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 it's on and on. It's really not a song. And also, he had called a few times before this and was like, I'm lying on the bed and it, everything's spinning. And then it just, the call would cut off. <laughs> and there were several. I think oh there were probably six God. or seven on that. Thread. Meanwhile, if, if Scott would have played it to the end, uh, at the end he would be like, okay, my lunch break's over. I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't press. think he was drunk. He's just, <laughs> that's him. Got to go press board. the button. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's how it ended. Yeah. All right, that's uh, Blobber's entry. And then uh, remember Theo Brew? Oh, yeah. Theo had one of the, uh, like, it's a series where this is becoming a recurring theme on this, where they call back several times in a night as they get progressively drunker. So here's the first one. Hey, it's Theo Brew. I'm tipsy. (laughs) It's the beginning of my birthday night. Who says tipsy? And I thought I would call in to give a baseline. Stop for one second. It's the beginning of my birthday night, and I'm so lonely that I'm calling the Brewing Network's voicemail voicemail line. There's no background noise. There's no party happening behind him. It's quiet. Well, they haven't got there yet. No one really shows up on time for a party. I'll call you in an hour when I'm done watching Law & Order. It's actually like 46 minutes because he TiVos it and goes through the commercials. You know, yeah. I'm calling to give you a baseline. All right, I'll call you back with right. the guitar matching solo. What else does he have? Slash drunk, so it's not a good baseline. I will call in later when I am more drunk. All right, and then here was one from about an hour and a half later. Okay, I'm drinking like two glasses of Founders Imperial Stout. It's like 11%. It was delicious, but it's 11%. And I've had some Wild Turkey 101. Whoa. Nice. There mm-hmm. are pictures online of how much I've had of that. And then I've been drinking other things. I don't even know. So a Wild Turkey. got some Imperial Stout. Oh, I've had some some IPAs. No, not IPAs. And then he, that call. By the way, off. still lonely. Quiet, yeah, quiet. Yeah, it, it, it's yeah. like, uh, oh, you know, my parents are gone away for their anniversary, and I'm rating their. <laughs> who took a picture yeah. of wine and wild turkey <laughs> and beer? Uh, and then I had a shot yeah. of Midori, and then I put some water in there to make it look like the level hadn't gone down. And I found this pack of smokes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, here's the final one. Watching Screamer Playboy. So fucking professional now. It's like. Thank you for calling the dr- the uh, network. <laughs> I think I'm on the drunk line, and I am, and I'm not sure. It's but my phone is buzzing. Maybe JP is buzzing me. That would be like the light of my life if JP was buzzing me. The light of my life. And it's my birthday. Did I tell you that? I probably did because it's my birthday. That's it. Jesus That's his entry like from his birthday. birthday. He's a sad theology that, student. That's true. All a alone on his birthday. Engineering yeah. student. He doesn't really know. Uh, all right. All right. And then, yeah, here's the final one from Keith. I am calling for Drunk of the Week, I think. Uh, my name is Keith. I was at the Barrel House in Paso Robles, California. It's like um, Firestone's little brother. I've had a whole bunch Duels. of the Saison at the Brew Club. Um, I, I'm a swab. I want to say hi to JP. Hi. What's up, Justin? Tasty, what's up? 
All right, I'm going to let you guys go. I'll call you back later. <laughs> okay, but then he, now he, he did call back a little later. Oh, I like this. I've been things. waiting to call you back since Friday night. It's now Sunday night. Oh, Jesus. And now I'm calling you back to tell you that I am a little bit drunk. Um, a lot bit drunk. The way it picked me up. It was very good beer, though. Um, originally, we had some kind of double. Allagash double. And then we drink. I think I had three or four the sours, which were really good. They were good. They were, they were awesome, actually. JP. What? I'm going to say suck at JP, but I know I'm a big, down, deep down in my heart. I know you're a big old softy. Oh, thanks, buddy. Justin, you're awesome. Tasty. You're it's really love. cool dude. You know that? You and you love <laughs> and all that stuff. You're a cool dude. I just know it. Doc, I... How do you, how does Doc not win Jim for the week every week? Because I think about that guy. I can't understand the thing he said. I think about him a lot. All right, I'll talk I to miss you. Mr. Musk. Now, yeah, the call a, ended very abruptly. Did you hear that? I think I heard like his wife yell in the background, like, what are you doing? Oh, so no. listen, listen, you can hear her. I'm listen. talking to my friends. Leave me alone. Listen to her. She's. I'm going to let you guys go again. Let's listen. Yeah, turn it up. All right, I'll. Talk to you later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's down in the basement. Nothing. Yeah. Why do you always come in here at night? <laughs> oh, really, Jake from State Farm? <laughs> what is he wearing? What are you wearing? He sounds hideous. Yeah. <laughs> Not talking to anybody. It's my friends. Yeah. God. Leave me alone. <laughs> you interrupted them. See, this is when live Drunk of the Week calls were really good, because if we had heard that in the background, yes. we would be like, oh, you got to put her on right now. Yes. Right. we yeah. got to yeah. talk to her and find out what the deal is. All right, so you got uh, Blobber, Keith, and Theo Brew. Huh. Hmm. Wait, what The last? What was the last one? Oh, the last yeah, one was that Keith? Was Keith. Oh, okay. I'm missing Did B-double-E, but that, that wasn't really an entry. Yeah, all right, Blobber. Yeah. Um, I kind of like Keith with the getting in trouble. That was funny. Mm-hmm. I feel like he was. Plus, he was really like loving on us. Tasty, you're so cool. Do you know <laughs> that? Do you even know? Do you that? even know how cool you are? Yeah. Ugh. Theo, right? I but, feel like it should yeah. be Theo because Theo, I felt sorry for him. It was, it was so his birthday. Sad birthday. Home alone. Then I'd feel sorry for myself <laughs> if I did that. So yeah, I'm going for it. Keith. You're going Keith, not Theo. Yeah, 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 yeah. It would be even sadder if Theo won Drunk of the Week. Honestly. <laughs> On his lonely birthday, yeah. I like how he doesn't, he doesn't even acknowledge it. Like he doesn't even say, "Go, so, you know, I'm alone." We just have to extrapolate that Theo is always alone well, and drunk. There were parts of it that I cut out because they were too long. About um, he was online talking to Nico Brew, oh, Jesus. Uh, so he was talking to people on the on the ultranet. <laughs> yeah, so he, wasn't, he wasn't totally alone. He was completely alone. Talking to other BN people on the <laughs> ultranet. Yeah, he had a robot. Wow, this is a tough one between Theo and Keith. You don't even. We're not. We're not even. Not even blobbers out. Oh, blobbers song. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll say Theo. Mary, a little lamb, something, something, and then she cooked an (laughs) it. Not, not, not even, not even in the contest. I'll say Theo. Oh, but then he keeps going. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
picturing two things while this is going on. Him laying on his bed doing this into the phone and his wife, who I know, standing in the doorway just judging him. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm picturing his kids coming in. Good night, Daddy. I bet you growing up, like, in, in 10 years we should interview his kids because I guarantee you, they go, we thought he had Alzheimer's for like 10 years. Like, we have no idea what's going on. He's been drunk the whole time. Oh my um, God. Theo was sad, but I don't think he was as drunk as... the Blobber or Keith. Okay, all right. So Theo was was uh, disappointingly sad. And uh, look, dude, if I had your number, I'd text you a dick pic or something. But um, the other two, uh, you know, all right. So you're I think thinking Blobber or Keith? Yeah. Okay, I can buy into that. I'll give you that. I, I thought Blobber may have been a, just a tad exaggerated. I, mm-hmm. I'm just saying that you just never know with him, right? Because that's how he that, sounds yeah. sober he too. Was that drunk. That's true. Well, I'm inclined to give Drunk of the Week to Keith. Let's do it. Yeah? Yep. Everybody, yeah. we good with that? Sure. That's fine. Keith. Keith. All right. Keith, you're our Drunk of the Week. Congratulations. It's a huge honor. Uh, you can send a, send an email to Bevo at thebrewingnetwork.com, and she will send you a prize for the week. Um, it'll probably be in the form of a like 3X shirt or something like that. It's, it's also like an 8X. You need to say it again. It's, it's B-E-E-V-O. Yes. Bevo. I still just There's another way week, to spell it? There was another guy who emailed me and said, dude, I tried Bevo at the Brewing Network. I tried Bevo 1. I tried Bevo. And I'm like, dude, it's Bevo. Bevo. You got to have two E's. Tall Alex has yeah. emailed me twice in the last, just today and both times. Bevo. What is and even Tallox is a smart man. He's what a is going dumbass. on? I, I have you seen the names idea. of their beers? Well, yeah, the the air's thin up there. Right. His first name is Tall. He can't really be that <laughs> yeah. smart. So the kids he, should, he should have changed it. I have somebody named Thud Monkey on line one. He is not drunk. Uh-oh. However, he is complaining about the drunk of the week system. Oh, oh, oh good. More complaints. We love complaints here. <laughs> yeah. What's up, Thud Monkey? You want to be a brewcaster? Yes. Well, All right, what do you got? What, what do you think? Well, well, I, I, I think my girlfriend qualified for a voicemail of Drunk of the Week, and only four were played. Oh, she didn't she get played? Won. Oh, Scott's very sexist. Do you remember yeah. uh, Thud yeah. Monkey's girlfriend calling in? Yeah, but I hate women, so. <laughs> no, I don't. No, I don't. There were no chicks. Oh, he says there were no female there calls? There were no chicks, but there were women. Female. Right. His girlfriend, Steve. From when? When did she call in? Scott, His girlfriend, Scott, Keith. <laughs> okay, yeah, what's the date? Hang on, I wrote it here in my notebook. <laughs> what I was hammered. <laughs> Made from human skin. It yeah. sounds like we're talking to Caitlyn Jenner, which is amazing. Let me, let me take notes. Hold on, slow down. <laughs> yeah. I think you're slow so down. brave. I think you're so yeah. brave. You're such a brave person. My girlfriend, Frank, called in. The <laughs> 8-15... 15. August 15. Yeah, I got one from you, dude, and not, nothing from her. It was from her. It was a lady. You sure? <laughs> yeah. It I, was I swear, a lady. I swear it was a lady. <laughs> I think it was a, a lady. It's a famous case of, of Dr. Jekyll and Mrs. Hyde. <laughs> Are you sure you didn't call in on behalf of your lady and then she was like, hell no, I'm not talking to them. A lady calling in behalf. Oh, drunk of the week. I think Mrs. Ms. Ms. Dunbucky. I think we. I think we have it here. Let me play her. Um. Hi. This is Sun Monkey's girlfriend. <laughs> Not Sun Monkey pretending to be his girlfriend. No. <laughs> he actually has a girlfriend. But that's beside the point. He's so wasted. I need it. Service him. Hold on, please. <laughs> yeah, you're right, Thud. There it was. There it was, Thud. Pretty good. Happy uh, now? 
Oh, all right. Perfect. Sorry, brother. I don't know what to do. We just lost it. <laughs> Thanks, thanks for the phone call. <laughs> I don't know how to help. Uh, shit gets weird. Right. Uh, all right, so we had our Drunk of the Week. Uh, send an email to B-E-E-V-O at thebrewingnetwork.com. She'll send you a, a prize. And uh, our Twitter game today was yes. uh, JP needing some marital advice. Yes, that's right. Uh, I want to pool the collective resources of the Brewing Network. Yeah, what do we have here? Uh, we, have, uh, we have some pretty good ones, actually. I'm, I'm a little impressed. Uh, TK writes in, he says, Adam and Eve and the 10 free gifts. Oh, That's I all you need for that. happy mm-hmm. marriage. Oh, by the way, adamandeve.com right now, if you go use coupon code BNARMY, you get uh, 10 free gifts. Mm-hmm. Uh, 10 actually free adult DVDs. Is that yes. right? Yes. 10, Ten adult DVDs, DVDs a free 50% gift. off just about any one item, a free gift for her, a free gift for him, a yes. free gift for you both, yes. and free shipping. Yes. Yep. And it's amazing. Uh, yes. Go to adamandeve.com, uh, use coupon code BNARMY. All right, BN carry on. Army. Okay, give me good beer, writes, happy isn't an option. The best he can hope for is to not to lose any more hair. <laughs> okay, it's not really advice. Yeah. It's more uh, it's of just, a statement. Yeah, well, I'm asking for how, how, to, how to have a happy marriage. Yeah, oh. advice. So I guess, yeah. Oh. He's right. saying that's unattainable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's not wrong. No. Yeah, that's uh, what he's saying. Mr. X writes in, uh, laugh a lot and don't pay too much attention to each other. That's a quote from George Burns. Oh, we had to get all serious on it? All yeah. right, mm, fine. What are you going to do? Phil Howard says, do everything. <laughs> oh, Taryn, you're so funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what another great joke you told. But not to pay too much attention to Let's each other. Let's go see oh, some okay. separate yeah, good, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go to Burning Man. Uh, Phil Howard says, do everything opposite of Doc. <laughs> okay, that's pretty good advice. Oh, and actually, there uh, were about five of those. Oh, really? Yes. Don't do what Doc did. <laughs> what did Doc really do? Yeah, but try get to married live his and life. Have a successful <laughs> right. Yeah. Make money. Yeah, have don't kids. make money and be happy. Sort of. Uh, Dave Malone writes in. He says, uh, "Take your anger out on Beardy, so you'll never bring it home." <laughs> okay, that's yeah, fair. It's, it's valid. Uh, G to the P says, uh, have Sugar Valley Brewer write a romantic wedding song that you both can cherish forever. Mm, good idea. Beer fan says, you're always wrong, period, every time. Okay. That's good I've, advice. I've heard that. That's, yeah. you know. Uh, Ian Stringer says, don't have kids. You don't need them as an excuse to go to Disneyland. Uh, clearly. That's pretty mm. good. Yeah. Uh, Andy Weagle says something I've, I, I don't even really understand. This. He just says, little man in the boat. I don't get it. Never heard of it. I don't get it either. You no, know, like the little thing in the, you know, the, the thing. I got nothing. The, cl- the little thing. No, okay. I have no idea. Um, Colorado JBS says, get an Asian handyman named We, because every time she says we have to fix something, it never means her. Oh, my God. Uh, that, that is my yeah. life. That is my entire yeah. life. <laughs> Pretty good. All right. Um, Austin says, just do whatever Sam does, which I thought was weird. Because what it's is, working? What, what does, does Sam do? Mean? I don't know. I, they're still married. But so whatever gonna, Sam's doing, I, I think what he's it because there. it's pretty good. Like Bevo's happy. She lets that idiot well. do anything he wants. Uh, oh, look! There's mutual benefits to that. Sam does what he wants, and then I get uninterrupted sleep. <laughs> <laughs> right. True. Uh, Kelly Wingert says marriage is about give and take. Keep that in mind when you ask for anal on your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Huh. <laughs> should, should be on her birthday, but right. I'm trying to figure out which part of that description I want to yeah. write down. I think I think anal on birthday will remind yeah. me. There you yeah. go. All right. Uh, old prospector says set the pico brew to blowjob mode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Conrad. I mean, didn't you stop getting BJ's like five years ago anyway? No. So. no oh, well. yeah. Six years ago. Then set the peak over. She wants the D. What do I, want? I don't know. I just felt like <laughs> don't that. ever say that. I know. It's pretty stupid. <laughs> Conrad B says, well, yeah, good luck. <laughs> Pretty good. Right. Yeah. Uh, come more. Groby says, "JP, you can be right or you can be married. You don't get both." Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Effing beer says, "Misery seems to be the only thing that makes JP happy." Okay. Uh, and then Brian Shar says, "I got nothing, man. Um, don't be a dick. Sure, go with that, and let me know how it works out." All right. Is that it? That's it. Oh, thank God. Kind of a lot. Uh, <laughs> Actually, right. page four says. So I wrote down, do everything opposite Doc. Yeah. However, if five people said that, then I don't <laughs> yeah, know which one. A lot of people said that. But uh, I take the first one. We get a lot of duplicates over okay, the, over the course of the hour. So mm-hmm. the first person to say it gets to be on the thing. Take out your anger on Beardy before you get home. Mm-hmm. You're always wrong. <laughs> uh, don't have kids. Yeah. Um, get a guy named We so that every time we have to fix something, yeah. Yeah. that guy can do birthday it. anal. Uh, yeah, anal on your birthday. It was remember things go both ways. Is that what it is? Like had a weird start. Uh, well, it was just giving and taking. Who's giving and who's taking? Marriage right. is about give and take. And then finally, I don't know. Good luck. Yeah, that yeah. one. Yeah, do what Sam does. Conrad, I think that's the winner. All right. Don't you think? Sure. It's good advice. Good Fuck it. All right, Conrad. You're now entered to win uh, a chance to get a cabin on the Labruski Cruise. You can go to LabruskiCruise.com and uh, get your own cabin. But, uh, Conrad, you're now entered to win one. And let me let me say, too, for the people who aren't clever like uh, Conrad and can't win these contests, uh, you can book the cruise anytime if you want to come join us out in the uh, Caribbean. And if you enter the code TBN Craft, all one word, TBN Craft, in the promo code box on the first page when you're booking, you'll get 20 free craft beer drink tickets to, for, to use on board. You get 20 free beers, basically. Wow. Are we, still, are we still craft here at the Brewing Network? I mean, we're kind of a big deal now. Well, we're not, but the beers right. they'll be drinking on board are. Oh, good. All right. Except for, I think, maybe Lagunitas is on that uh, ship, too. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, actually, yeah, Ron uh, Lindenbush, yeah. who I really like. He's a, he's a fun guy. He's coming out on the cruise. He parties, though. Uh, that's true. <laughs> All right, TBN Craft. Use that coupon code when you buy your cabin. And Good. Conrad, you're now entered to win a cabin, as well as every Twitter game winner from here until December-ish or something like that. And then we're going to uh, draw or do a contest or something, and one of you is going to win a uh, cabin with us. All right, thanks for our Twitter game, JP. Welcome. Thank you for allowing me to do it. You're, you're quite welcome. All right, uh, thanks to the boys from El Segundo for being in the studio with us and hanging out and bringing us beer. Uh, you guys are great, and your beer is fantastic. Thanks a lot for having us up. Good time. Yeah, Keep up the good work. Yeah. Sorry about the the end of the show because now you're tainted with our <laughs> yeah. bullshit, yeah. our taints, really. <laughs> um, it's going to get worse. You can have that name if you yeah. want to do a new IPA called Tainted uh, Taints. Tainted Taints IPA. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Call it Taint Brush. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's just how it, it goes. It taint what it used to be. No. It's your fault for bringing all IPAs and double IPAs. I want to point that out right you now. You paint with all the colors of the wind. Uh, go check them out at elsegundobrewing.com. Yeah. Yeah. You can learn out uh, learn more yeah. about the beer and uh, figure out their tasting room hours and where to get the beer and all that stuff you need to know. I love it. Um, thanks for coming up, guys. All right. Are we done? Did yes. I finish everything? You finished. Oh, big big week this week. Uh, tomorrow night, Bruce Strong recording live. 
uh, at 5. And then uh, Sour Hour this Friday at noon, Lauren Salazar from New Belgium will be in the studio with me and Jay. In studio. I Ooh. like that. And then a week from tonight's the best of the session. So big week. Actually, That's we're right. not done. I wanted to talk to you real fast about oh. the Brewcaster Challenge. Okay. Because as you know, we're going we're gonna to do a Pico Brew off. Yes. Okay. Yes. But I need to know like dates for that because in the past we've we've done a whole thing, a whole build up. Yes. Uh, but I was going to brew last weekend, but I wasn't sure if I was like cutting, if I was just going to cheat or or, or or what. No, you're good. You you need to wait because okay. for one, I had planned for your honeymoon. Yes. Uh, when we did this, right. Plus, the other part of the challenge is not you two, but Doc. Yeah. And he doesn't even have a brew house right now. Right. So I think the idea is that when you get back from your honeymoon, so sometime early October, uh-huh. then you need to brew. Okay. So we'll be back on air by then. Yeah. We're going to talk recipes. Okay. And then you're going to go brew. Okay. So I think you're you're still solid. Okay, great. We're going to finish the contest in 2019. <laughs> that would be about right. That's what I we're going for. For the, for the barley wine thing. Yeah. Good? Uh, okay, yeah, great. Okay. Yeah. All right, we'll see you next week at the Great American Beer Festival. Pay attention to our website. I'll try to get you a schedule as soon as I can. But uh, most importantly, the award ceremony on Saturday morning. You can watch it at home, and you can cheer on your favorite brewers. And those of you who are brewers, put it on in your tasting room. That's what most people do. It streams in HD, and then your fans and your family can all watch and see if you if you win your category. And, well, get drunk if you don't. I don't know what to tell you. You can't. Check it out. It'll all be on thebrewingnetwork.com slash TV. All right, JP. Get us out of here. Thanks, everybody. Thank you to our show sponsor, More Beer. You can get absolutely everything you need to make great beer at home by going to morebeer.com. El Segundo Brewing joined us in the studio tonight. Check them out at elsegundobrewing.com. And be sure to ask them to look in the lost and found for your wallet next time you visit. If you desire to hear JP drone on about things other than beer, check out his Disney-centric podcast, Ears Up. That's Ears with a Z. Check it out over at earsuppodcast.com. The Bring Back Lunch Meat campaign is in full swing. Head over to Indiegogo and search for Lunch Meat to learn more. Go check out Moscow's Hop Cartoons over at hoplifestore.com. For some good beer insight and homebrew info, follow Nate Smith and Nathan Homebrew and Mike McDowell at Tasty McD. Production director on the session has been Push Eject. Today's show has been produced by Scott Moskowitz. JP was looking up quick flights to Mexico to get away. Bevo was dieting on cheese plates all night. And your host was Justin Crossley. Be sure to find the Brewing Network on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. JP does great as his charity.